Okay, so we have come to the end of this video. I just wanted it to be a one-off. Um, I think a popular topic to talk about right now is people are, <laughs> people have been hitting me up very aggressively over the last couple of days, basically over the weekend, and telling me that I should compete in the showdown, which is under the USPA Federation. Um, I'm here to say that I will not be competing at that, so um, no need to <laughs> waste your breath on that. I don't have an interest of doing competitions in different federations. Like at the end of the day, I want to focus on the meets that I have in hand. I have raw nationals in, like I said earlier, 13 to 14 weeks now, maybe 15. And the single focus is that particular meet. When I start thinking about things I'm gonna do in the future, it takes away from my preparation for this particular meet that I have coming up. And I wanna make sure that I'm getting everything formulated mentally to give it my all on the platform on that particular day. Now, when it comes to competing in different federations, I don't have an incentive to do said meet. Um, people always wanna to point towards money, 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 money. But at the end of the day, I think that the IPF and the USAPL and, that, and the federation that I compete in has a better structure to lobby itself for bigger opportunities versus doing a meet that just gets the response of monetary gain at the moment. Um, I think first place is like $7,500. Also, like I have to be competing. I'm competing against people that are using, um, people that are on steroids, and it's just not a fair playing field for myself. Like I would just prefer to compete against people that I know that are tested um, on a consistent basis and let the best man win from there. But um, if I'm not taking steroids, what is the incentive for me to compete against those that are, or like people that are using, right? Um, so that's where my mindset comes from that, and that's where I'm kind of at with that. I don't have an interest to compete in a meet like that. I just don't. Um, <clears throat> doing meets like that, like I said, is not in my interest, and also I could be taking time to get better. <laughs> like, I'm pre I'd be prepping, so I'm coming out of Raw Nationals like June, and then that means I'd have to start prepping for that particular meet in another, what, three or so months? So it's just like, I'm not really adding any pounds to my total from that point on. Um, and I just like the structure of the IPF. And like I said, some people were like, oh, you want me to get suspended for doing it, blah, blah, blah. I don't even want to play with the politics of that, right? I just want to literally focus on being a great IPF lifter. Um, I think someone told me that I've already won one IPF championship. What's the point of winning another one? Just switch federations. That's not what greatness is. <laughs> I'm chasing like, I'm chasing greatness in the umbrella of the IPF. And what greatness means to me is being consistently great at something. So I have to repeat, right? If I want to be great in the IPF, I want to be a great IPF lifter, I have to repeat. So one championship isn't enough. Two championships isn't enough. Three, you know, we get in there. Four, five, six, like that's what I want and that's what I want to chase. Um, switching federations to go do a meet for money and social media and cloud and shit does, doesn't interest me, right? I just want to put myself in position to be a good IPF lifter. Um, I want to put myself in position to one day do the Sheffield, which I hope is going to be happening in 2021 or 2022. Um, so like I said, all these other things are just distractions. I just want to focus on the main thing at hand and that's Raw Nationals, hopefully IPF Worlds, and then extending um, hopefully my legacy as an IPF lifter. So I just don't have interest for doing meets like that. I appreciate people do reach out and telling me like they want to compete. All right, we get it. We get the drift right there, gentlemen. But that pretty much sums up what I want to talk about today at the podcast. He hit up some good points. He hit up, um, obviously, if you're you're a natty lifter and you're going to be going against tested or untested, um, you got an uphill fight. 
So realistically, where you're jumping in, you hit there's cash prizes and I have the cash payouts. What you might be anticipating if you're going to move into some of these cash money meets and you're a natty lifter on top of that. And um, so if you're not going to be on the podium overall for those big cash prizes, what you're realistically shooting for. Um, he also talked about the long-term how the structure of the USAPL and IPF as a global body established for decades and how they are positioning themselves for a long-term play. Obviously, Sheffield, et cetera, is coming down the pipeline. We'll discuss that. And then he also talked about, um, he talked about a little bit of recruitment going on. And there's some people hopping over there with some bigger names, some bigger uh, followings. And um, so we have some stuff to work on. And Joey, you had a, a video that, it got shot to me actually. He's like, you should take a look at this. And uh, and it was very well done, sir. And I was like, holy shit, that was a, let's talk about it. Cause my man goes in and hits up a lot of good points on that video. Anyone who hasn't seen Joey's video yet, um, go check it out, subscribe. He's got some good content out there. So we also brought in uh, Dennis Cornelius, who is one of the few that has actually won IPF world championships, won the USA Raw Nationals, left, did the U.S. Uh, Open, the current U.S. Open, in the untested, has come back and um, won the U.S. Raw Nationals once again in its chasing IPF uh, worlds and then hopefully Sheffield soon thereafter. So we have some experience here and we, we have uh, something to talk about. I'm just going to close this screen here. I pulled up some notes, gentlemen, um, kind of playing off of what Joey was saying in his video. So how about... Where should we start off? Should we start off essentially the hype around the showdown and who's leaving? Yeah. Um, so I actually wanted to kind of open up with just like, why did I even make that video? Yeah, yeah, good. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm going about my day da, 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 and people are just like sending me. Um, oh, look, this person's doing the meet. This person's doing the meet. Um, I was actually in the middle of the last UFC pay-per-view and Jesus wanted to talk about it. So I actually paused that to call him on the phone and just kind of talk to him and see where things are at. And, um, you know, I told him, let's focus on June. June is like the number one priority right now. And then after that, you know, you can kind of see what's going on. But in my opinion, or, or like I asked myself, why are people leaving? Right. Like, um, you know, a Ashton has his reasons. I don't know why Danielle is doing it. Um, I, I don't know her reasons. I did not get a chance to talk to her. Um, you know, I, I think that if it's just money, right. If it's literally just money, in my opinion, um, to, to miss two worlds, if you are even, if you're in a position to win and miss two worlds and just be out of Sheffield, which is like, I'm like, I've said this in the video and I'm going to say it again. Um, you know, I, when we were, we were just about to pull the trigger. We were about to get on the plane. I was like a week out. I just got back from the Arnold, right? We were about to head to Sheffield. I, I remember thinking about everything, getting ready, whatever the, the flight was booked. I, I knew, you know, everything was all set up and then COVID shut everything down. But before that I had the, uh, it was like where you could buy tickets for friends and family. And as time went on, um, you know, they're all white seats and then they would turn yellow if someone purchased it. There's a lot of seats, like maybe a thousand, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred. I don't know. It was a lot. It was like a, a big circular kind of stadium. 
Um, and I like when I saw that in the beginning, I was like, oh, we'll, we'll see if we'll be able to fill that up. And, you know, the tickets are not that cheap. Right. And right up to that last minute, pretty much everything was gone. All the seats were taken. And I was like, wow, I don't think I've ever been a part of any powerlifting event that's had that audience before. Right. People willing to pay and travel. And there are people from the UK telling me, hey, I was like so excited to meet you. And, you know, I can't wait to go to this thing, whatever. And it was going to be this huge event with tons of production, 250,000 euros, like the best of the best drug free lifters on the planet. And we've never seen anything like this before. You know what I mean? And I think if that meet would have happened, if people could have seen that, I'm telling you guys, like, we'll, we'll touch base on this in a couple of years after it happens. <laughs> but like, I think people are not even going to think about going elsewhere. They're not even going to look at it. You know what I mean? And I, and I, what I would hope is that it would inspire other entities, rogue, um, you know, maybe SBD does something in the U S maybe there, maybe some other federation, I don't know, uh, or not other federations, sorry, other like a seven, whatever they, they host a meet that's similar, that's regulated where there's a big, you know, carrot at the end of the stick for the lifters. And, you know, our guys won't even think about going elsewhere. Right. Um, and in the meantime, in this particular moment right now, where we're, where we're at, and I kind of told you this a little bit before we started, um, Worlds is not in a particularly desirable place to my knowledge, right? I haven't really heard anyone say they're super excited about going back to where it is. And I believe not this year, but the year after it's supposed to be South Africa, right? So, I mean, two places that, I mean, 24 hours of travel is just not fun, right? Like that is, it's not super accessible, right? So people are kind of turned off by that, you know, Sheffield's in the air. Um, so people are like, oh, well, if I get a suspension, who cares? I'm not going to miss anything. Right. Um, but the problem is, you know, you don't know when they're going to do the selection. What if you're serving that suspension when they start selecting people? And I think right now in this particular moment, we're just a little bit vulnerable. I say we, but like, you know, the IPF is just a little bit vulnerable in that they don't really have anything super enticing for lifters. Right. There's nothing that's like super rewarding or that people want to go after for some people. Um, being a world champion is enough and that will always be enough. And they don't need to really do anything past that. I would love to see worlds give out some kind of money. That would be amazing. Uh, I don't know how they would do it. I know that my, a lot of money goes into drug testing. So, I mean, that kind of eats up just like extra funds, but I, I don't know the numbers. Um, and if we could get huge sponsors like that, I would really love to see, you know, just, what if like not even Sheffield, but before that, like what if Worlds was like a huge incentive to me? What if Nationals was a huge incentive to me? And basically I made the video because people were leaving and I wanted to give my thoughts as to why they might be leaving now and would they regret it long term. Now, if you ask these lifters, you know, when things are firing on all cylinders and we have Worlds in a fun place like Canada or I mean, Sweden was great, you know, somewhere like that, just somewhere like kind of like um, easier to get to. Right. Um, and then we have this big Sheffield announced after, you know, and then we have Arnold, which is we don't even have Arnold this year, Arnold up and running. And, you know, maybe you can take world records at it, whatever. Maybe people aren't looking about going elsewhere. But just right now in this particular moment, because of like the weird timing of everything, you know, just because the U.S. has opened up doesn't mean that, um, you know, the U.K. is going to be open, which is primarily where they're going to have Sheffield. I'm assuming they're not going to have it anywhere else. You know, Canada is still locked down, things like that. So in this particular moment, kind of, you know, I can see why people are kind of looking elsewhere. Um, if you, we would have to ask those individual lifters, but in my opinion, if you're like a super serious lifter, like 
Um, you know, I mean, I can't tell anybody what they should and shouldn't lift for, but I just feel like even if you were to win first place at that meet, you know, and win 10 grand, is it worth like not being able to participate for like two years? You know what I'm saying? So I, I you know, a lot of my lifters, they don't even care about money. They don't, they don't, that's not why they lift. Um, but I mean, you know, every, there's no real, there's no real right or wrong answer. I can't tell people don't not to do something if they just want to always compete where there's a little bit of, you know, cash here and there, then all right, go ahead and do that. But all, all I'm saying is I think right now we're a little vulnerable and I kind of understand why people are looking elsewhere. And, um, there are some like there needs, I, I think that, I mean, you guys can chime on in on this too right now with, I mean, if you guys know of another option, let me know, but is there another drug free, international powerlifting federation that has a true world championship like ipf worlds is oh. there is there anything like that like identical anywhere out there anybody who tells you yes is lying nope like well, ipf worlds the uspa but like like ipf worlds i mean in terms of the number of lifters it's staggeringly lopsided to ipf numbers just numbers wise don't lie like there are other global bodies yes but like the ipf size of the ipf not even close. Like yeah. you have 14 different guys in a, in a flight and they're all from another country. You know what I mean? I have not seen that like anywhere. You know what I mean? That is, that is like special to me. Like when I was at world, even my first worlds, I, people complain about Colleen. I thought it was pretty cool. Right. I was like, I was, you know, like all these, all these people are from somewhere different, you know, um, you know, seeing Kristoff, seeing, you know, the big uh, super heavyweight Islander guy, I forget his Je name. Jezza. Jezza. Yeah, um you know just all these different lifters from all over and it was just like super interesting to me um you know so we don't have anything there's 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 nothing like that right so it's good that we have that right but if there's no competition for the ipf which is like a good or bad thing depending on how you look at it it kind of it kind of lets lifters think like it's kind of like saying well you know you should be thankful that you even have that when it should be well, if we're unhappy here, we can go over here to this other perfectly viable option, but we don't really have that. So we kind of just, you know what I'm saying? Like competition more, more like other legitimate federations um, would bring out, like they kind of force the hand of the, uh, of the other federation. Does that make sense? Like the, the only problem is you would run into the problem of it's like, if you ran two competing Olympics, you have to split the talent pool then if you do that. So then yeah. which Olympics are you watching? Which Olympics are the, the better? Champions? Exactly. Oh, so, so, tough... so who, in my opinion, whichever federation is going to be closer to that goal is going to be the one people want to lift at. Um, and I'm in, it's clear to me that the IPF wants to get into that. And that would be like, if that happened, like uh, a lot of people say it's like absurd to think that would happen and that weightlifting's on the chopping block. Um, but you know, in the back of my mind, you always want to have like, a little bit of hope like maybe i don't know shit you know what i'm saying like i don't know if we can cuss on here but you know oh, yeah. um, oh fuck yeah oh yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it, uh if it happens great i would love to be a part of that um if it doesn't then there's no reason why we can't have like really really m like monumental events um just to give the lifters something to kind of aspire to like if you look at a if a kid kid is like, you know, 10 years old and they're playing basketball, they like dream about being in the NBA one day. I was one of those kids and I had that dream up until I was like 17 and I realized I'd probably be better playing football. And then I realized, you know, you know what, like 
I see the, I see the talent and I'm like, I, I don't have that. <laughs> I got to keep the weight lifted. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll just do powerlifting. So, you know, I just think that, I mean, whether it's uh, a federation or whether it's sponsors um, you need, you, you need to have like more than one entity um, offering lift, giving lifters options. I mean, we do have, it's, it's, it's kind of like you have USAPL IPF versus like 50,000 other federations. You know what I mean? It's like you have the one big one and then you have all these other like little things. The, um, the only thing with that is, uh, again, like I don't know if I want, I, I know what you mean, where if I am allowed to pick between brand A or brand B, mm-hmm. now brand A and brand B have to think about the benefits that are going to give me and the features they're going to offer me. But as a viewer, I'm like, I want to see all the best amalgamated under the same umbrella. So I don't want brand A, brand B. I want just the UFC. So I get all the matchups I want to, I want as opposed to break the UFC. Well, well, here's the thing, right? Because there is a Bellator UFC can't just like treat their guys horrible. They gotta, they, if they don't, they're going to lose talent and they're going to go somewhere else. So, um, I would hope that whoever is at the top of what we have is like, they're always thinking about the lifter. They want to give it, give us like the best possible place. And to be honest, I don't really have any complaints about like, I love doing the Arnold. I love like when I do do nationals, which is, I'm not doing it this year, but when I do do it, um, it's super organized. It feels very official. Like I know without even looking up anything, I know what I'm going to have accessible to me. And uh, I know the flow of things and how things are going to go. And I feel like when I compete in the USAPL, that my time is like respected. You know what I mean? Like they're going to, everything is going to be quick, 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 quick. They're going to like kind of organize everything. Boom. You got 15 minutes. we got timers for things. You know what I mean? I've done USPA meets where it has taken 12 <laughs> hours to do the whole meet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that is nuts. And USPA was great back in the day. It was great. It was like fun, whatever, but 12 hours, Dennis, you know, man, <laughs> and Dennis was at one of these nationals and I was like, I literally remember doing squats and going into the hotel to sit down, eat tacos, go to my room real quick, get something. Oh, oh, bench hasn't even started yet. All right, cool. You know what I mean? Like, like Dennis started his day as clean shaven as I am, ended his day as much facial area as he has. Yeah. That's how long that fucking day was. Yeah. No, I'm serious, man. Like, um, I don't know if it's like that now. I'm sure it's gotten tighter and and just more organized. It's gotten and better, better, yeah it's gotten better. So Uh, so they still, um, some of them still like to do, you know, one session per day, just put everyone in one session. But I've also heard of like, you know, RPS local meets where they'll put like 30 lifters in a single flight. Like they don't break it out into flights. And it's like, well, what are you supposed, what are you supposed to do after your first attempt? There's 28, 29 more lifters. That's insane. That's crazy. So, so I do, I do. I really, really love the Arnold and I love when they give out cash and I love, that is great. And we need to keep doing that. Right. That, that is, um, heck add the world records on top of it. There's no reason. Like if you're a top lifter, that is the meat. You could take world records. You could get some money. Right. I would love that money to be bigger. Um, and then people and make it an IPF meet and people aren't even going to look at these other things. But like I said, right now, we just don't have Arnold. We don't have an Arnold. We don't have anything. So people are kind of looking elsewhere but it's hard for people to sit, to be patient, right? To know like, man, I'm going to get a penalty for this and I might miss out on things. And I, and I'm just telling people, Hey man, look, if, if, if rogue, I know they got something going on at the end of the year, they're kind of debating if they're going to throw powerlifting into it. If you read it on the website, it's like, 
you know, weightlifting and powerlifting is like still negotiating or whatever, but it's strongman and, uh, CrossFit, CrossFit, I believe. Um, but if they throw powerlifting in there and they give out like a big cash prize and it's going to be like super official and sanctioned and you're not able to do it, you know, you never know. They could, I, I have in my notes, poke the bear, poking the bear that the IPF like might look at this or, or USAPL, whatever. And then might say, you know what, we're just going to have a mega meet and make it like super desirable make it accessible, whatever. And all those people that didn't, don't get to do it. Like they're just going to have crazy FOMO, right? You can lie to yourself and say, yeah, man, I got no regrets, but you know, at the end of the day, I just feel like the, the, the drug tested federation, you know, just offers us something that, can't be there's just not replicated anywhere and i feel like it's anywhere else to do what the ipf is doing is like years away you know what i mean it's literally i just feel like it's years away so i honestly don't know how they did it like the ipf i don't even know how they did it like how do you have started in the 70s like this is we're talking yeah decades lifetimes you know so yeah it's uh, (laughs) a it takes a long time to your point um I'll, I'll, I'll double back a second. Let me just say, when you first said Sheffield, um, you're absolutely right. Like I was a part of the, uh, I would have been a part of the broadcast and the notes I got in terms of professionalism, sir, we had studios booked in interviews with every single athlete, an hour interview with myself, um, just taking sound bites. Like if you watch a UFC or NFL, they have games where you sit down with some of the players and whatnot that in studio, it would have been me one-on-one proper lighting the whole nine interviewing. And I had a list of questions, the whole nine. And then there was even going to be a press conference that they wanted me to give, uh, you know, an introduction to the lifters and some of the showdowns to pay attention to just like a, like a real sports press conference that VIP package members could watch. And then the lifters one by one, come up, answer some questions. And then, um, I mean, we, it was going all in. It, it was it was like nothing you would ever seen. And then if you're wondering 250,000 pounds, roughly 350,000 us, you want to talk money. We're talking. And I don't see why I don't see why in a couple years, maybe the year after it's 500,000, oh, yeah, maybe oh. the year after 750, the year after a million, you know what I mean? It's going to be nuts. You know what I mean? That'd be so huge. That's like life changing money for some for some lifter that's been working their life for something like that. You know what I mean? So, you know, that is, that is what we need. And I think that is where we are going. And I think in the next 10 years, we're going to look back at this time and be like, like, remember when people were like, consider other places, you know what I mean? And now it's just like crazy, crazy stuff. And um, for someone like Arian, who's a head coach, like uh, imagine if, imagine if there was just like, super i don't know i don't know how other countries compensate their coaches but like i everything can just be uplifted like everything can just be um it could just be better it could just be more official it could just there's more money involved it's more serious um you know better sponsors like imagine if you could just be a top five lifter and by simply being you know top five top three lifter you would have enough sponsors to just like you're like you could just focus on lifting you know what i mean like I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but like, I mean, I see a lot of my guys have, a, you know, Amanda's got like a billion sponsors and like that is, um, I just, I don't know how it would take forever to get there. I bet, but it would be, it would be sick if, 
we could get to that point. The UFC is a great example because I know they started out just kind of like this, like, you know, ragtag, like underground thing. Um, and then it became super official. And now it's like on ESPN. And, you know, I don't know if we'll ever, ever get to that point. Um, you know, fighting, everybody understands fighting. When you hit someone in the face, like, you know, what's going on. Right. Um, heck Tina's into it. You know what I mean? Like she gets excited for stuff. And that I, I told, I told, uh, you know, I told someone this, I said, what the UFC does, which I don't know if powerlifting will ever be able to do this maybe, but they can make a two minute video, two, three minute video. And I didn't care about the fight at all. And now I'm like interested. Like, I know, I, I, know, dude, I, I, know. Like, like, I didn't even <laughs> care. I didn't even care about this. And now I watch I that video and I'm like, all right, I'm watching that. <laughs> all their videos are so fucking hype. Like, um, I don't know how they do it. And, and, and I think we need to, we need to have that. And I think also if we could, um, I would love to see these big entities cooperate with the people like the Russells and the Meg squats. And, you know, there's a bunch of people out there that like they do powerlifting, but their audience is like more general fitness. And they're literally converting people to powerlifters every day. You know what I mean? Like those people, they should be like, what do you need? Like you need a little space to film. Like, where do you want to set up your camera? Like stuff like that. And just like make it more organized because they are literally the people that are taking people out of these commercial gyms, giving a purpose to their lifting. They're not just training for general fitness anymore. They're training to like, you know, be strong or compete at something. And, you know, I, I would love to see just more. Um, I mean, if you look at this last UFC event, Dana hit up the guy who owns my gym, Brad, and was like, Hey, come down, like take pictures, post stuff. You know, you got 3 million followers. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, Dana's smart. He knows social media is like social media is if you can, if you can get more of your sport on social media, the chances are at least one person's going to tune in. You know what I mean? So, you know, I would love to see stuff like that. And um, I just feel like we have some, just some regulations that kind of, uh, they're just, they're holding back a little bit when, um, you know, maybe if they were to change things around a little bit, we could be just so much bigger. Like powerlifting could just be so much bigger. So, um, but I don't know. I mean, I, again, there's two sides to every story. Maybe, maybe they have a really good reason for why that's not good. And, you know, copyright things, contracts, I have no idea. So that's just, as an outs, as a, someone who's like, I'm not an outsider. Cause like, I'm very involved with everything, but um, I'm not behind the scenes, like organizing events and things like that. So I don't know. I'll tell you one thing about the IPF, at least this. Well, um, in ter- I know you mean in terms of, um, I'm going to ask Dennis a couple questions here because he did actually leave. We'll, we'll tell Dell's story in a second. And I want to get his, pro- his ideas on this. But in terms of, uh, you're saying what the, uh, the UFC can do with a promo video. I know Sheffield, when they were flying people in, yeah. some of those interviews they were asked, like I was going to do was getting sound bites from these athletes and it was going to be some juicy ass promo video and then flashing, like it was going to be exactly what you described. So it, it, whatever it is, what it is now, just kind of, now we have to wait two years to see it. I get it. <laughs> but um, I seen some of the storyboard ideas and you did too. I know you were privy to some information and it would have fucking changed the game. It is what it I'm, is. I'm so confident that it would have. It would change the game. Man. Guys, if you're one of my regular viewers, <laughs> like I, I don't tell people about stuff unless I like, I'm hyped about it. And I'm telling you, I just feel like this would have been, um, 
even the promos they did end up putting out were pretty Dope. sweet. They're fucking dope. Good, man. The one with the Taylor one... Atwood when he's going yeah. like, oh god, he was it, it was it was dope. And, and didn't they have the posters of all the athletes? They ended up just mailing it to them anyways. Yeah, man, that was that. It's it's so, it's so unfortunate. Like I think about, I had like a mental, like not a breakdown, but I just, I just went through this uh, this this stage where like for a month I was like. I missed on this. I, missed I, still, on I this. still haven't recovered. I I still, I'm this. still recovering. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I can't even talk about it right now, Joey. I don't want to talk about it. You know what I mean? It. Like, and I'm like, I only had to gain. And now that I'm, I'm losing out on it, but I was like, you know what? Um, we bounce back. We got to persevere and, and, and we just get through it. And it's crazy how, what had happened to the world. Like there's still people that have not posted since like April last year. Like they just are, <laughs> they don't lift anymore. Like it's crazy. So um, I don't know, man. I, I, I just, uh, I feel like we missed out on a huge thing. I know it'll happen eventually. Um, and, and I, like, I can't, I can't tell these people looking at other federations, like any more than I already have, like, I'm telling you something's coming down the pipe, but you know, if you want a little, if you want some money now, go ahead and take it. It's just, you're going to have like crazy FOMO if, you know, there's they you, you're just missing out i don't know man i don't know so, yeah. so here's um i'll say one more point then i'm going to get into some of the lifters who left why they posted they said they're leaving and then i'm going to um, kick it over to dennis for a second here and just get because he's in a similar situation a few years back um when there's a lot of hype around the, the u.s current so uh but one point you would also mention about um the ipf maybe you, you know utilizing some social media influences a little more i 100 agree um, I, I don't want to go too far off topic down there. We, we can maybe revisit it later if we have time. Cause mm -hmm. I know, no, we're in a bit of a time crunch with yourself. So, um, I, I just want to hit this, but, um, I will give them at least this. I, I am on the IPF media team, like officially. So mm -hmm. I get all the background emails and stuff like that. Sometimes people forget. And sometimes I even forget until an email floats around. I'm like, holy shit, I'm on the website. Like my pictures on the website, IPF website, everything. So, so I'm not just the King of Lifts guy. They're 100% aware that I am also the king of lifts guy though and that i do all this and they are 100 fine with it and, really uh, yes they've they never care once, that you post other, other never fences, they've never said a thing to me once and and we're not shy and i am it, so like i've never overstepped and shown up on someone else's broadcast i've never overstepped it's all like if i was to show up at a usap uspa meet and do their live commentary i'm sure there'd be an issue now if i do i've never overstepped like that but um take it for what you will they know i got the podcast they know i run king of lifts they know who i am and they have never said a fucking word and it's been years now so that's pretty they're, they're not as that's why i'm saying when people talk about ipf they're not as it's not quite what people think you know some people might have a, they're not a, a dictatorship and some federations are you don't vote in shit it's my way or the highway. We're for profit. We're going to do it this way. And there's no other recourse around me type deal. Um, so it's not quite like that. So they, they will work. They do see value in an in a individual and be like, fuck it. Um, so anyways, but I don't, I don't want to make it about necessarily all about that. So let's talk about some of the lifters that did leave. And I'm going to ask Dennis about why he left initially in his experience. And then um, also, Joey, you were actually left with John for the same event and we could kind of kick it off in that direction and circle back. But some of the lifters for anyone who might be listening, be like, well, who, what's going on here? I'm not privy to all this. Daniela Mello, Sean Noriega, 
Ashton Ruska and Rondell Hunt. Now, Rondell straight up said in his post, I haven't lifted in three years. If you're not familiar, the guy's federation, National Federation is under some, I mean, uh, it's a mess, okay? They're, they're associated, but not associated. They're fighting about who has control. And unfortunately, Rondell, now all the lifters from where he's at, what country is he from again, uh, Arian? Trinidad and Tobago. Thank you, sir. Um, he was on the podcast. Couldn't be a nicer guy. But he said um, he hasn't competed in three years since, and the guy literally is a world caliber, could win worlds at the next worlds. Like he's right up there with Ashton, Bryce, or whoever in the one of fives you want to talk about. So his motivations are clear, clear as day. Um, Ashton Ruska said, I will go where the competition is. Um, take that for where it is. Rondell Hunt is by far one of his – uh, let me get this out and I'm going to kick it to you, Joey. If Rondell Hunt is <laughs> Joey, Joey what's in there. Uh, Rondell Hunt is probably his number one competition and he's going to showdown, but there's more than just um, him. There's also uh, Mickey D and uh, Bryce who both defeated him at the last nationals. And um, yeah, so uh, take it away. <laughs> I think he, um, he has to be referring to on the world level. Like he's saying, I'll do nationals because I have some competition there. Um, but if I go to worlds, there's no one there is Rondell and I want to see that, but yeah. unfortunately there's that whole thing with his federation. So, um, like, what's he going to do? Like Rondell's got nothing going on. He might as well do something. Right. So maybe Ashton's thinking I'm going to deal with, um, the two Americans at U.S. Nationals, and we'll have that showdown. So that'll be a conclusion. And then he's thinking, Rondell's not going to be at Worlds. So if he's thinking to himself, I can hit all the one best 105ers in that succession. Maybe that's what he's thinking. I, I, I mean, whatever. I, it's I, he did Hearing you talk about this, I'm just like, one – it would suck for Rondell if he did this meet and then they got it all together and then he just missed all that. <laughs> I know. Or, or over the next two years. Like, what if they get it together for next year and then you can't go to next year's Worlds either and now you're not going to Sheffield in 2023? Or what if there's like a nearby country that he could just compete there and then yeah. find a way in? I don't know. That yeah. would suck, right? Yeah. Also, this is like kind of off topic, but Ashton competes a lot and I know he's young right now and his body's holding up and everything, but... um. I would, it would just suck if he got hurt. Like, if, because he's doing a lot of me. So he could be more than anyone that I know, anyone that I know. And um, he's young right now. He can do it now, um, you know, so do it. But I mean, he's had the peck tweaks a couple of times. Like, and it shows and it shows. Um, I mean, I like, I like Russ knows, like, we need to save your body. Like, um, you know, I told him like, after this mock meet we did, like, because we were prepping for, we were prepping for so many things and things kept getting canceled. And even when Sheffield was canceled, we tried to have a meet with Tina here at our gym. And then that got canceled and everything just kept getting canceled. And like, we were just basically prepping forever. <laughs> like we we're just prepping, prepping, prepping. And then worlds got canceled, prepping, prepping. And then after worlds are like, all right, man, let's just hit up a mock meet at your gym. Yeah. We'll make it official, whatever. And, um, you know, then we need to take some time to heal up. You know what I'm, you know what I mean? So that's like an off topic thing. And, you know, Dennis did talk to me in our conversation about, you know, doing other feds and stuff, just beating up at your body and how, you know, you need to, you're going to, these guys that you go against, they're, well, they're going to do whatever it takes. They're going to take whatever they need to take. They're going to do whatever they got to do to try to beat you. And um, they're willing to like, in my opinion, if you're willing to put chemicals in your body, you're, 
you're willing to do other things too. <laughs> you might be a little bit more of a risky person. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, um, you're not risk adverse. Uh, I'll just finish the quotes and then I'm going to kick yeah. it over to Dennis. So Sean said, I'll go where the competition is echoing Ruska slightly. He'll have Russ know. at Nats, but he's going to he, miss Brett and there's other 83s. Outside. What's Brett doing? Brett hasn't posted since, since November. I don't, I don't think he's retired, but he's also probably looking at the world as a look at if worlds is October you know, he's living life, man. He's, he's, uh, I know he got out there he, fishing. He's out there <laughs> fishing. He's doing his damn thing. He'll pop back up. He always does. But, um, but Sean's probably whatever. He's got Russ. Who's the world. Ch- there are other 83s. It's not, you know, it's not quite like Ruska's situation, but, um, he also is probably looking at it as I'm going to face the world champion at Nats. So, I'm going head to head right there with the world's best at Nats. So if I did another meet afterwards, that's not worlds, you know, it's, I, I'm going in with the world champion. So maybe he's thinking he's not missing out. Although we could then turn around and say, you're going to miss two worlds. You're going to miss Sheffield, but also Mello didn't post uh, initially on it that I had seen. So I don't really have a statement from her to give you guys, but um, I want to get my man, Cor- Dennis Cornelius uh, thoughts here. My man is. I'm going to use the restroom patient. real quick. Go ahead, Dennis. Yeah, yeah. My man is extremely. Let's talk about the strong, silent type. My man is extremely patient. We got we're, we're some <laughs> chatty Cathy's over here. But Dennis, you you won the U.S. Raw Nationals. You won the World Championships. You won Nationals and left for the U.S. Kern. What was part of your decisions to leave at that time? Oh, <clears throat> you gather my thoughts. So at the time, uh, 2018. I had won worlds twice. I'd won world nationals twice, I think. Um, I had, <clears throat> at the time, I didn't think, you know, I was like, okay, I've done all the competition in the IPF. I'm going to go do this meet. Um, there's more competition here. Also, I don't have to cut weight. Um, going against whoever, uh, best of the, what I considered quote unquote best of the best at the time. Um, I look back now and I'm, <clears throat> yeah, you're going, you're going against guys that total more than you and you're, you know, it, it's, it's all fine. You're, you're, you know, you get to put on, you get to put on the weight, you get to put on the size, you get to you get stronger. Um, it's more fun. You don't have to deal with the, the politics with the IPF and all this. And, <clears throat> um, you know, I, I, I look back on it now and my biggest, I, I, so to answer your question, the biggest thing was the competition. Okay. okay. So, um, but when I look back on it and then and I'm not raw, raw IPF now and all that stuff. Um, in fact, I don't give a shit at all. I think the USPA is a great federation. And I, <laughs> I, I encourage anybody to compete in the drug testing uh, side of it, but um, my, my, you know, I think my biggest problem is now is you're doing these meets. I'm 40, I'm, I'm 40 years old now. You're, you're doing these meets and you're young, your body's healthy and you're, you can, you know, you can, uh, <clears throat> you, you know, you're lifting, you're lifting big ass weights. A lot of people are noticing you, you're doing it drug free, which is even, which is even a, a bigger deal because you, you're doing, you're doing ways that people on a shit ton of drugs can't do, you know, except for maybe two or three people in the world. And that was, that was the biggest draw for me, you know, like, wow, this is cool because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm totaling X amount. Um, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go against these guys. 
they're non-tested and uh, um, compete against them and possibly win, you know. Um, but my problem is now is, you know, looking back on it, um, like you said, they're, they're, they're going to do whatever they have to do to, to win. And, and you're wrecking your body. They are too, but you're wrecking your body to do these meets. And that, that really doesn't, that won't mean a thing in two or three years. You know, like, like I competed at, at um, the current open and it was 20, 2018. I don't even think most people probably don't even know that I competed at it. Right. Um, I, I tied Larry Williams on uh, total and I lost on body weight. So he weighed less than I did. He won first place. I won second place. We both totaled 20, you know, uh, 2292. And nobody probably knows that. Which know? is and, crazy. This is Larry Wheels for anyone listening. Yeah. I mean, he's the most popular. I, I guess he's probably the most popular power lifter Easy. ever, you yeah. know, and, uh, you know, I look back on it, I'm thinking, if I would have done drugs, I'd have beat him easily. You know, I would beat him now easily. And, or if he was off drugs, there's no way he's going to beat me. And I'm, I can confidently say that because I know a lot of people that do drugs. And I know that, um, and I know how much, I have a good idea of how much it gives you. So, <laughs> um, but, but when you do these meets, every meet you do, you're wrecking your body, man. Like you're, you're tearing yourself up. And what made me, I actually started realizing this before I did the current open. So when I did the, um, I started realizing this probably a year prior to that. Um, I did a USPA meet in Oklahoma the year before that, or six, six or seven months before that. Uh, I was trying to break the all-time 275 record. Um, and then I did the... Um, LA Fit Expo after that it was at the LA Fit Expo that I realized I'm like okay you know I did the meet and when I was done with it uh, my buddy lives in California I went back to to my buddy's house and uh, I took I was taking a shower and I was like I freaking fell in the shower like collapsed and <laughs> pulled the curtains down and, <laughs> and I felt like an old man dude I'm like god damn dude like I'm like this like, what the fuck is wrong with me? You know, I mean, I felt like it was just, I felt like I was really fucked up, you know, and, and, uh, um, I remember thinking that's when I knew I was like, I was like, this is fucking stupid, man. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, this is, <clears throat> I'm sitting there tearing myself up to competing as guys that I could easily beat if, the if, if, if the playing field level. And I'm, and I'm killing myself, cardio and, and my joints, my ligaments and everything, trying to keep up with them when, you know, when, it, when all they have to do is up the dose, you know. And <clears throat> I mean, I'm serious. It's just, it's funny. It's, it's funny as it sounds. It's like, you know, I'm sitting here fucking eating all the time and I'm not, not sleeping because I'm way overweight for my body size. I mean, for my, my height and everything. And, and <laughs> How much did you yeah, weigh? Because you're you're around my height, aren't you? Are you five nine? Five ten. Five okay. ten and a quarter. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you that quarter. I'm about five nine and a quarter. But uh, how much did you weigh at the time? So when I would when I did the current open, I was 287, which which was heavy for me, but like okay, it was okay. 
and then and then I did the uh, um, the uh, five bar showdown. Five bar showdown, yeah, uh, with Josh Roar. And I weighed two ninety. I think I weighed in at two ninety two at that meet. Oh lord! And I was I felt like like such shit, dude. Like it, I was holding water, retaining water. I had my ankles were swollen. I mean, it was, it was bad, dude. I was way overweight for my body for my height, and for, you know, for, I mean, for a guy who graduated high school weighing one hundred eighty five, one hundred ninety five pounds, mm. you know, that's just too big. So, but anyway, after the Kern was over, I, I knew then I was like this is fucking stupid to, to do to compete against these guys that are on drugs because it's just, you're wasting your talent, man. Like you're, 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 uh, um, if you're going to do them, if you're going to do a meet, do one that's drug tested, even if it's the USPA, do something that's drug tested so that you're, you know, um, so that you're, you know, the, the numbers that you put up are drug tested numbers that are going to last, you know, and, and, it's not gonna, you know, you're not gonna be overshadowed in three months by some dude who's who's on trend or whatever the hell else he's on, you know. Not only that, <laughs> but the judging might not be as legit. So imagine being a drug-free lifter taking a record untested, and some guy squats like two inches high and blows you out of the water. That's dude. That's exactly. <laughs> That's the other thing too is like you know so right now it, believe it or not I have the two seventy five all time squat record. Um, I don't know if anybody knows that or not, but I actually still have that. <laughs> no, you see, you're proving the point where if you're doing it for clout, basically Dennis is saying, "Dog, the, I, I I I tied and lost on body weight to the most popular powerlifter we've ever seen in the sport." And I, I hold an all-time record, and I was killing myself. And does anybody man, in the sky? <laughs> it know? doesn't matter, man. Like it just, you know. And I and I don't give a shit. I'm not like all for the IPF or whatever. I'll compete anywhere, you know. But it, if I ever compete anywhere, it's got to be drug tested, man, because um, the, the the non-tested stuff is just those. You know, like I say, the guys can take whatever they want. They can, you know, and and. And it just it's just cheapens you up basically is what it does it just and it's nothing against those guys full disclosure i think the showdown meet is pretty cool i you know i'm gonna watch it and I oh yeah no i i echo that sentiment. look at i promoted like i had uh luke bright who promote who is the meet director and arian was on it as well I, he's been on the podcast a couple times 100 look at there's i i feel there should be like if there's an untested it it actually gives people who want to do that a sandbox to play in yeah. and believe it or not helps the ipf stay cleaner because it's like why are you in the sandbox there's some big meat showdown's a good fun meat kern's a good fun meat it's more yeah. if you want to be we're talking from perspective if you want to be natty and then compete in that sandbox it's going to be different and even then if you want to you can go ahead you know it's just um I don't know. I I, I think there's yeah, some I, other things. I think I think Ashton. I think Ashton and and Hayes. I didn't realize that Jesus was was thinking about doing it, but Ashton and or Danielle. I didn't even realize she was thinking about doing it. Um, I, I just they're not going to win, you know, because these guys are going to juice up like crazy. And and even if they, you know, even if they tie, it's like, it, you know, I mean, it's just it's not it's it's pointless, you know. 
there's just too, too many too many instances where like like what if Yuri Belkin shows up, right? Like exactly. Doesn't he pull like one million? Like <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I, I I think I heard that they're doing the scoring on dots. So I was like, oh, let me go see. Cause like like Dennis says, how close are these people? And so like you know, on dots, like John Hack is first, Larry Wheels is second. The closest USAPO people are Atwood's at 12th and, and Ashton's at 13th. So it's like, okay, how much can these guys, you know, water cut and, you know, the difference in the deadlift bar and maybe heels up and stuff like that. And to yeah. be able to get more to catch up to these guys. But as far as I know, Ashton is even cutting weight. He's doing a hundred kilo class. He's not going down to the, to the 90 kilo to take advantage of the 24 hour weigh-in. So like Dennis says is, how much are these guys have a shot at the top prize money? Cause yeah, if you win your weight class, you get a few thousand, but the big money is that overall best lifter on dots where hack is like, you know, over 30 points ahead of uh, Ashton. Let me tell I'm you the cash. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, let, let me say this too. Let me, let me say this too. So when I did the current open, I had no idea. And this kind of pisses me off a little bit. Like it kind of makes me mad at the SBD for not like, telling me that maybe this was in the works or something but i didn't have i had no idea that the, the sheffield meet was ever in the works you know and and like whenever i heard about it may and maybe it was way maybe it was a year before they thought it maybe it was because they because this happened because of the current in yeah. 2018 that they thought about doing it but it was like you know if i would have known that anything like that was down the pipe i was like i would have never done the, the uh, i think that was a little too early out uh I'm sure they were kicking around the idea, but in terms of pulling the trigger and that's 2018 in 2020 was the idea. I think it was a little too early. Um, I think you're a couple it, it of years. It probably ago. was. Yeah. But uh, so I, I just want to say the, the uh, cash money meets talking about that. Cause we just brought that up for anyone listening. So the current U S open first place is going in your weight class. First place is going to be a G and a half. Second place is a $50 gift card. So if, if you win your weight class, a G and a half. Now you got to fly hotel, whatever the hell, like a G and a half is not, you're probably somewhat breaking even. So you're really, you're really looking at overall Wilk. So let's talk about overall. I mean, Wilk. isn't that the stimulus check? 1400. I mean, the Arnold's also around the G and a half. Right. Wait, so real quick, Ryan in Canada, do they take care of you guys for being on lockdown? Um, I haven't no. Well, I never, I, I never lost my job. So I don't know. I don't think they have a stimulus check, but I'm not sure. Here's the difference I mean, though. Oh. We get like a, we're different though, man. We got, we got commie healthcare and shit like that. Right. So we, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> so someone else paid for his podcast microphone. <laughs> doggy, doggy, we're communists, but um, let's uh, so, so the Wilkes overall Wilkes first place, $25,000, second place, $10,000, third place, 5,000. So, but, What's the first the, one? The, the first place is tw- first place is twenty five thousand. Second place ten. Third place five thousand. But to the point that Dennis and yourself were echoing earlier, if you're going to win first place, your name is probably Yuri Belkin, or well, historically speaking, it was Yuri Belkin. Um, but it's going to be like if you're going to be natty, going in there expecting the real money is first, second, and third place is already down to five k. So if you're going to be natty, if you're leaving for money, if you if you're like I'm leaving for money incentive, it's probably not even third place after you've traveled. If you're taking flights, hotels, the whole nine, 
your third place is going to dwindle down to, and this is U.S. current I'm talking about, is going to dwindle down to like, you know, a few thousand dollars like that. So you're not leaving for money unless you think you're going to win it all and beat guys like Gary Belk and John Hack and whatnot, or second place is 10K, which is, again, after expenses, isn't going to be, you're not leaving for money unless you legit think you're beating Yuri Belkin on when he's pulling a million. Yes, sir. Could it be a political statement? <laughs> uh, go on, sir. It could be. Could it be a political statement? <laughs> could, they, could they be doing this out of solidarity to try to make some kind of statement saying, you know, we are unhappy with the state of things and we're going to go somewhere else. It could. And you know what? It's actually that would actually it, it is kicking up some dust. It is getting people talking and it probably would work. It probably is working. If if, if we look at Johnny's video about how he was really um, irked about the uh, lifetime membership thing. Um, then I don't know, maybe maybe he's that he that sparked, uh, some, you know, some people's like, oh, well, yeah, we don't like this, whatever. I don't know. Um, I just know I just feel like this showdown thing is like a very temporary thing because like i said earlier when we are up and running when i when the ipf is up and running when you say pills got the arnold and just when that nationals meet is gateway to like other things arnold worlds worlds gets you into sheffield um maybe they do something at the arnold where it would be like if if you can't make nationals for for whatever reason um, but you get invited to the Arnold and you perform well, that that would be considered consideration for Sheffield. I don't know. I'm just like throwing stuff out there. Um, I'm going to say this. I, I can't stand that stupid ass rule, dude. Like that is the dumbest fucking rule. The, the, the rule with the, with, you know, kick Let's say these guys go do the, do the, the showdown meet to kick them out of that, out of the Federation or to not let, I should say, I should say to not let them do uh, worlds because of that is just, it's the fucking dumbest rule. In the world. I think it's a college thing or a WADA thing. I'm not sure. Arian, you might know more than I me. I don't know how that could be. I mean, what happened? Like, you know, the dream team, like we remember that one with basketball when those guys were all those pro basketball players. I mean, is, did they outlaw that after that happened? Maybe I'm stupid and don't know that. I have no idea. I just, I just remember hearing that it's not like an IPF thing. It's like, we we are drug tested, so we impose rules that come from whatever. I, I don't know. I, I could be completely wrong. I don't either. It does you get know? sticky. Yeah. I, I know that um I know there is some sticky points, especially if you want to be IOC recognized and with WADA, that there could be un there could be banned lifters. As soon as you get banned, you go over into an untested meet, which happens all the time. And then um if you compete against a banned lifter from WADA it is big. It's going to be a big issue. And then if you're trying, if you're with the IOC, which IPF is, so they're kind of doing, it's, it's a lot harder than you might think to be like, okay, what competitions are happening all over the world where you are, um, there might've been a, a suspended lifter from water present. And, um, and some of the water rules might even be, don't quote me, but like we can get down to coaching if a coach was there, et cetera. So to protect yourself as a global body and you're straight up logistically probably incapable of checking the roster of every single meet worldwide in the untested, they might say something like, do what you want locally. But if you're going to show up at one of our IPF meets and we're trying to do this over here to make sure we don't end up getting some egg on our face, we might throw a rule down that seam. That's just a blanket, you know, choose your sandbox. But I, I, I know at the end of the day, 
they're just trying to protect like we, they want to make the ILC happy, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That, essentially, I understand, and that's why yeah. I keep going back to the whole, you know, the back to the basketball thing when Michael Jordan or, or you know, all those guys that played for the, you know, they played professionally, they made a bunch of money playing professionally, and then they went to the Olympics, you know, and it just like I don't understand why. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I, you could say I guess you could say the showdown meet is quote unquote a professional meet, you know. I, I also think though, I think it's more. I don't know if it's the money so much as the untested and possibly suspended lifters. Cause for instance, like Yuri Belkin has been suspended. Uh, there's, there's a lot of lifters who have, I know for sure been suspended um, on that, that were, I don't know if their suspensions are still up. Uh, Jamal was suspended previously. So like, I don't know if there's, I, I think Jamal's still under suspension. So, um, so, so yeah, I, you would have competed against the suspended lifter and then it becomes problematic. Isn't it uh, WRPF? It that's yes, the RPF. Yeah. Yes. That's a world federation that's giving out cash. So you're getting banned. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's got like, you'll get banned like three different ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's like, there's like two, two key rules. And one is, is a, in the water rule book and one is an IPF bylaw. So the water rule book is about what they call prohibitive association, which is, you know, having someone in your team or associating with people that are, are banned. Um, so that's like, yeah, if you go compete against that's Jamal Brown, Browner, at. yeah. Or, or also that like they use that for like, you know, Ed Cohen seminars. Oh, you can't get co coached by Ed Cohen because he's banned indefinitely. So that's a water rule. And I think the idea behind that water rule is that they've noticed the statistics that if you're associated with people that break the rules, just like if you're associated with criminals and you're hanging out at a gang house or whatever while they're doing drugs and so on, then it's most likely you're going to get pulled into that or you may be cheating as well. So they are trying to, you know, separate it, say, hey, don't associate with these people that are trying to cheat the system or anything like that. The separate IPF bylaw, um, I have it here. If anyone wants to go look it up in the bylaws, it's 14.9. That's participating in non-IPF competition. So that says any lifter, coach, referee, or official who competes or participates in an international powerlifting or bench press competition not organized by the IPF shall not be permit, prohibited or should not be permitted to take part in IPF international or regional competition for a period of 12 months. So that goes not only to the lifters, like if Jesus competed, but also if Jesus says, Hey, Joey, come handle me at the showdown. And someone has pictures of, of Joey coaching uh, Jesus at the showdown, then Joey can't come to worlds and coaches other lifters. And it's 12 months from the, the, the date that they competed at. And that would be why your boy will do podcasts and shit, but you, I'm not showing up at a, at the meet yeah. because... Uh, I mean, you can talk about it, but it's just... Yeah, yeah, it's one thing. And they will let you talk about it and stuff. They're not going to be like, we're now going through your Instagrams. And, and, but, and, for, the, and for like the 95% of people that are not going to make it to Worlds, then yeah, you can go do like these guys can do nationals. They can do showdown. Then yeah. if the, if the Arnold is a national level, they can do the Arnold. Then they can go do nationals again. They can bounce back and forth. Like Dennis has done NASA, USPA, USAPL. But if you want to go to the tippy top, so IPF, then they're going to say, yeah, you did WRPF. It's a international body. It was a uh, international competition because Yuri Belkin or whoever came or there's suspended lifters there. Jamal Browner competed. And they're going to say, okay, now you can't come do worlds. I can understand um, it from the, the USADA's point of view, but I, I just, yeah. I, I don't understand it from the IPS point. Of view. I think the IPS point of view, and I think it goes back to that uh, raw unity meet down in Florida that they used to do. It was basically trying to get all the top raw lifters down there uh, back then, 
was the big meet and like Susie Harwick, Gary, and some other USAPL lifters were doing it. And they came in and IPF, I guess, came and saw they're doing it and they would try and OMT them at that meet. And then they came, I think, and just said, Hey, you can't do this meet. I think it's a way to try and keep their lifters inside the IPF and the affiliate. So that's the reason they're tr- the, the water rules. Like, okay, it's a water rule. We don't want you to associate with cheaters. IPF bylaws yeah. like, Hey, we want you to stick with us and don't go do these other meets. Yeah. And see that, that I have an issue with that. Really. I honestly do, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, going back to what I said earlier about, we need like competition. There should be other options for people. If they're not happy, maybe they're just so unhappy. Maybe Dennis could say, I am so morally against, you know, my fellow lifters getting a suspension for doing that, you know, for lift, like wanting to compete. No, I will better. say this. I'm going to say this right now. If you're going to do the showdown meet to Ashton and, and, uh, uh, Jesus and whoever else take steroids and give your fucking <laughs> Like don't be, don't do it. Like I did. Like if you're going to do it. Go win the son of a bitch. Don't, you know, don't do it like I did. Yeah, that's I mean, a sound. Gonna... Can I? You just made a sound bite. You know, that's a clip. <laughs> that's a, that's the Instagram story. That's, you know, I think the allure for those guys is that they can try to do it without taking it. Um, but here's the thing, right? Same thing like, I did. Yeah, but it's it's just it's just when money's on the line. Look, man, if there are millions of dollars involved in powerlifting, you're going to see five Russells. You're going to see five Rays. You're going to see, like, ten Amandas. There's going to be, like, a talent it. you've never seen. It's you're not gonna, worth it, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you're yeah. going to you're gonna see these – all those football buddies that I played with that I looked at, and I'd be like, this man is six feet tall, 240 pounds, like 10% body fat runs a 4-2. I ain't that. I'm never going to be that. You know what I mean? You're going to just have these freaks benching repping 500. Like you're going to have these guys coming out of nowhere and it's going to be, we're going to see talent like we've never seen. You know what I mean? I've told people before, I've told people before, I'm like, the only way I'll ever do, I'll ever do steroids is if it's a hundred thousand plus. If it makes my ear, then I'll do it. But other than that, and I would, I would think, I would really seriously think about it. If it's a hundred thousand plus, I would maybe, you know, what, what, what? There, there, I, would there, some, I would stick some roids in my ass. There, there's, <laughs> there's Dennis's price. If anyone's interested, hundred grand. I'll put some roids in my. You can see how much I total. And there is also the second soundbite, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, <laughs> listen. He he was quiet initially, but he's fucking heating up right now. I'm telling you that right now. So, um, I, I so think the, I'll just get jump in real quick and say I think the other important thing to note, which Ryan uh, pointed at, is that. When you win this prize money, this is not profit. This is, you know, revenue or income. You have to then look at your expenses. So, you know, there's yeah, the entry is. fee, there's the plane ticket, there's the hotel room, there's yeah, the food, whatever. Off your life. Uh, there's the gear, though. There's if, the gear. Let's be honest. Yeah. 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 So if you're going to do a full water cut, you need to pay for the IV. If you're going to go full on drugs, yeah. you need to pay for the drugs for that cycle, everything like that. Yeah. So all these expenses add up to, okay, I won my weight class. I won a $1,500 prize, which is, like I said, similar to Arnold. People play pay the entry fee, plane ticket, and hotel to go to the Arnold, and they win, you know, 750 or 1500 at the Arnold. If you're lucky, like Blaine, who gets like, you know, the extra couple thousand from uh, Mark Bell for winning, then you get a few extra thousand, you pretty much break even, and then you call it a day and you go home. I mean, at the end of the day, there's no one that's seriously making a living off powerlifting. Like, you can make money, but the- unless you do externally, like, like myself, Arian, yeah. you know, Russ, like if, if we offer a service and, you know, Russ sells, uh, I mean, Russ, Russ is like lifting as a part of what he does, 
but he doesn't necessarily like you know he doesn't sell powerlifting equipment you know i mean he might but you get what i'm saying you get what i'm saying right like you can make money from from powerlifting like outside of it the you know things that kind of enhance it or make it better or you know that people are interested in that participate in powerlifting but from strictly like tournament winnings like if you look at top gamers right yeah, like there's people that make money from gaming, um, but they make a lot more money just streaming on the side or things like that. Like, yeah, you know, it's it's um, you, you need you need multiple streams of income because if you think about yeah. it, let's say you win the twenty five thousand at the current, that's one meet for the year. You made twenty five. Okay, what meet are you gonna do now? There's only like you know three to five a year to pick from, depending on you know which one's around, where it is, and stuff. So now you have to go maybe try and do three of these to try and win twenty five thousand each to make like a income for the year. That's one also, person. That's, yeah, that's a lot one, of pressure, that, and that's that's hard. what that's one person. And also, when you have the income, that is income. You have to now pay taxes and all that too. Yes. So so you know you have to pay self employment tax, then you have to pay federal income tax. If you're in a state it's like not even uh, worth it, like it might, it's not worth it. If you're like Joey in California, you have to get paid that state income you're tax. Just on done. Top. I, like you're just giving Uncle Sam like so now, five yeah, figures every year. So now you're 25, you're 25,000, maybe tax 20, 30, 40% plus your expenses and everything like that. Like, here's the thing, right? In my opinion, if you went like if we win money at the Arnold, great. That's a nice little, you know, you help pay for some little things, but it shouldn't be like the main thing because no one is making like super money from that. If you are, if that's where your head is at, like, oh man, I can win 300 bucks from this meet. Um, <laughs> you're either a kid, you're a kid, you're 18, yeah. 17 years old, whatever. It's like a little money for you, whatever. And you're just perception of, of, you know, the value of, uh, of a dollar and maybe you don't have a job. I don't know. It's just like, it's just off to me. And, and I'm not here to say, don't live for money. Don't try whatever. It is nice to get it. But in my opinion, it is not the reason to do it. You should do it because you want to win, because you want to compete. You want those records, whatever. Um, and and I just wanted to be clear on this point. The U.S. Open, the showdown, things like that, I think it's good. If you're an untested lifter, those things are great for you. You should do those things. You know what I mean? Um, but I think Dennis has valid points, and I think – you know, don't be mad. Like, okay, there's regulation in the IPF. That's what makes it official, right? In football, we have rules. In basketball, there's rules. Not that many, but there's rules, right? Like, there's there's the regulation of it makes it, like, super legit because you can get OMT'd. Like, when people... I remember, like, a year ago, I was playing video games with Keiko, and some guy comes in our, his chat and is like, like, oh, man, you're pretty strong. Like, what do you take? And we're like, he doesn't take anything. And the guy was like, impossible. There's no way you're lifting that much, whatever. And, like, Get it was like midnight. That's, or another, that's another thing I want to hit on, by the way. They're like, late at night, he had to, he's like, he's like, guys, uh, what is at my door? I got to like get, I got to get off the game real quick and go take a drug test. Like, I don't know how you get around that. Like, you know what I mean? Dude, Maybe are you people... saying that kid was a fucking a drug tester? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I thought saying, that's where you were going. I, was saying, I, was like, I remember. Shut up, Wada did that. That's no, amazing. No, I remember. I just that's remember. Great idea. Like, he, like, like I, people are like, oh, man, it's so easy to pass a drug test. But like I, I random OMTs like come into your house at random times. Like, 
the anxiety of knowing that you could get caught, I'm assuming would just deter yeah, people was, from yeah. trying to cheat. It doesn't make sense to me. So I don't know. I, I could be naive. There's going to be some guy probably somewhere in the comments. That's like, he's like, bro, that's just easy. I'm like a freaking chemist. Like I know how to pass every <laughs> test OTs or not. I just need five minutes and I can take whatever, you know what I mean? So they, they, they should come get that. Bring, I want to bring this up too, by yeah, the way, go Dennis, go ahead. I, I want to bring this up. So, um, the LA Fit Expo and the current U.S. Open, when I did those meets, uh, I told, you know, I, I talked to people online. They are absolutely convinced that I was not drug-free. And <laughs> those totals are not drug-free totals. And <clears throat> I remember people making fun of me when I took my shirt off at the uh, current U.S. Open. I don't know if anybody remembers that or not. Whatever I stood on that. I remember. You look fine. You look fucking fine, Dennis. Oh, look, I had fucking abs with a big ass gut with with abs. Like I don't he has, know like I he has, like like it's a like power twenty belly. abs. That's like. Yeah, that's right. There you go. <laughs> I don't have that anymore because I've lost all this weight. But anyway, <clears throat> I saw people. Uh, you know, people were fucking hammering me hard on Larry Williams uh, on his Instagram, and I remember thinking, like, damn, guys, like I'm on, I'm fucking drug free, and he's on drugs, and I I I kind of feel bad because I I think I pissed him off. Cause he like he like stopped following me because of that. Oh shit! <laughs> and I, it was like an honest statement. It's like he, dude, he's like on drugs and I'm drug free and I'm fat. Like I'm a fat motherfucker and I eat all the time and I have this big power belly and it's like it's like a genetic thing too, you know. And uh, and dude, there were people on there just hammering me like you're not drug. Like motherfucker, don't lie to us. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, I was like, damn, you know, like. There is no recognition from from this at all. There's none. There's just yeah. None. I was I was gonna say if they think your total is untested, uh, it just devalues. It de defeats the whole point of saying that it I'm is. free. It defeats it, dude. That's what's hardest for me. That's like the hardest pill for me to swallow. It's like, you know, people are trying to break my. There's a there's a dude trying to break my total right now at 308, and I'm like, which I didn't even know I had a 308 <laughs> drug test all time world record, but. Every day I do, and, and I, I was thinking, well, is it the twenty? It can't be the twenty-two, the twenty-two ninety-two from the current U.S. Open because it's not fucking drug tested, and I, like I have no way to prove it, you know. Yeah, so, you're yeah. right. You make a good, valid point where anyone's like, I want to go over there to prove I could do it, natty. It's like as soon as you do it, if you actually win, nobody thinks you're natty, even if yeah. you are. That's a valid point. I didn't actually think about that, but it pisses me off, dude. Like, cause it's a lot of effort, man. You're like, you're training your ass off. You're, you know, it's, it's, you know, your, your, your fucking wife's cooking for you all the time and she's pissed <laughs> off. And, like, you know, I mean, it's just, it's fucking work, dude. Like it's a, it's a lot of work. And, and, and I hate, I'm not one of those kind of guys that's like, Oh, I put on the work, you know, and it's, cause it's fucking stupid, but it is, it's like, a, it's, it's just, and it's it's devalued when you compete against dudes that are shooting trim up their ass or however they take it, you know. <laughs> I, I I just wanna before, you know, I, I got like maybe 10, 15 more minutes, but before okay. I go, I just wanted to kind of say that my whole point, my whole inspiration of making the video, my whole point is like I wanna see IPF worlds in a more desirable place, right? Because I want our I want our meets to just be, you know, I don't know. Gaston might see that and be like, no, nah, I love Belarus. You don't know anything. Then I, I'm just saying, like, it's hard for us to get there, right? Um, I want to see worlds in a desirable place. 
I want to see more meets like the Arnold. I want to see, you know, more kind of uh, drug tested equivalents to the showdown, whatever. Not just drug tested, but like within the umbrella of, you know, like an IPF world level type deal, just um, more of them, right? Like we have worlds and we have Arnold, then we have like Arnold point 2.0 and then we have Arnold 3.0, just like an equivalent of the Arnold, but another me, right? Imagine we had all these meets popping up that were just lit, right? Mm. Um, I want, you know, I want na- nationals is going to continue to be that thing that people aspire to. I would love for Sheffield to happen. I know it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. We need the world to open up. We're kind of asking a lot right now. Like these people are like, what? I don't have Sheffield right now. World is not a nice place right now. It's like we forget that COVID just happened, right? Like I have close people that are not alive anymore because of a virus that shut the world down. So, you know, right now in the moment, yeah, we're a little vulnerable, but I would, I just, I feel like that, I feel like we're on the cusp of being something like big, special, great. You know, I want people to be proud of what, what, where they compete. And people are, like I said, I love competing at the Arnold. Um, we just had a Kegel compete at a local meet. It was fun. You know, I, I like those high production meets. They feel super official. Um, and, and, you know, I don't have to worry about anything. I know that everything's going to be on time. I know that like, it's going to be two hours and 30 minutes and I'm going to do squat bench deadlift in that time. You know what I mean? Go, 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 go. And, um, I, and, and I'm thankful for that. And I hope that they continue to do that. And it looks like they're, they are kind of doing that. I don't know if you guys saw one of the last collegiates, but they had like the big, uh, panels that they had at the Arnold, uh, which is cool. Like, it's nice to have those things. Um, but always just think about the lifter, always try to give the lifter a nice sandbox to plan, give us options. The Arnold is doing that where we have like the regional one where you can get in through the regional thing. Then there's the pro raw, then there's the raw challenge. Um, and then there's like, you know, there's other, other ones too. There's the squat challenge, just, just fun things like that where you can win some money, whatever. Um, we're moving. I feel like we're moving in the right direction. It's just like, like right now at this moment, um, these other this other federation like sees an opportunity to try to like like take people uh temporarily and um you know that that's why people are moving over and and, and like i said there's no right or wrong answer you do what you're going to do but you know if you do get a suspension is what it is now if that suspension was like three years would people be considering moving you know what i mean that that's an interesting note is that the suspension (laughs) the suspension is 12 months from the day you compete or ever but also like, you know, for worlds, you have to submit a preliminary nominations beforehand. And so they're not going to put you down on preliminary nominations if you're already on that list. So like we've been discussing, you're going to miss out on, you know, 2021 worlds. Then if they have a 2022 Arnold, that's like an IPF meet, you'll miss out on that. If they have 2022 Sheffield, you're going to miss out on that. Then you're going to miss out on 2022 worlds, which then means you can't qualify for 2023 Sheffield. So you're missing all those meets. But what if they change the rule? I mean, federations always change the rule. What if they say, okay, we're gonna make it 24 months? Or what or what if they yeah. tell what if they tell all the member federations, oh, you have to tell them they can't compete at nationals either? Now they can only do, you know, local meets. That'll so you, you 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 never know what changes yeah. may come and you're not prepared for it. I mean, at so the end of the day, you don't want to limit lifters' options, but I understand that you need to have some level of regulation to make like I don't even know if they got rid of that rule and let people lift wherever, like what would happen? I don't know what the re- the bad thing would be. I don't think that in the U S there's never going to be an issue with lifting in nationals. 
You can live. I don't think you. so. I, I don't think so either. That's a that's a that's a U.S. That's like a international we, thing. We we tend to fight back like the whole IPF approved list. Like that's not enforced at local meets, but I believe in CPU, it's enforced at every single meet. Yeah, in the CPU U.S. Though, is I, like basically IPF. <laughs> the U.S. I know that in the U.S. you can lift wherever you want, and you can also lift at Raw Nationals. Yeah, no matter what. That's because Americans like their goddamn freedom. But also, Joey, Joey, if they opened everything up, I mean, again, we're talking about a small percentage. And also, like, you know, in the U.S., we have 10 federations, 15 federations, however many are out there. Yeah. Uh, Canada, Canada maybe has two It's CPU and CPF, whatever. But you yeah. go to these other countries and they tell me, like, we only have the IPF federation. They There's only, no- yeah. There's nothing else. That's their only option. And some of these other countries, like uh, Joe, I don't want to take you. Whenever you got to leave, raise your hand, sir, uh-huh. and I'll, I'll let you check out. But um, and I want you to tell people how to get a hold of you for coaching and stuff. But uh, no, good, in some good. of these other nations, they are like, if you were you're with the IPF only, and the government like gives money and and pays for the coaching, pays for the national team, like totally sponsors. So for some of these other nations, another Fed can't even come because the IPFs affiliate is so intertwined with the government on all levels that it's like like the government's like no we're, we don't really care we these guys are reckoning and it's not because the io uh the ipf necessarily is because they're with the ioc so the government's like if the olympic committee recognizes you as sport we recognize you in the in the ipf they're not going to sweden or france which are sponsored they're going to the ioc and the umbrella effect of that is other nations in Canada for a little while as well. The Canadian government, it stopped, but there was a time when they were even giving little snippets here and there, depending on how you meddled, because, oh, are you, are you in a sport that's IOC recognized? And Russell, to the point, somewhat touched up on in his video, the reason why I believe in the IPF so much is because they're a lobbying body. And he used, I think he even worked, used the word lobbying in there um, to some variation saying like, the way they're moving the way the thing sport works when you were recognized by some of these governing bodies and it's more than just the IOC, the they're recognized by like the goodwill games and all these other organizations. When it comes time for governments, they don't know that our governments don't know who the fuck powerlifting is horseback riding is whatever, but they're like, what are the organizations you're recognized by IOC and all these other governing bodies, goodwill, whatever. They're like, check, here's the money allocated to you. And they're using broad stroke decisions like that. They're not saying they don't know who showdown and the rest of it and whatever. They're just like, give me the cold hard facts of every single sport. And I'm looking at it like that. If you don't aren't on the list of recognized IOC, I, I don't really care. And um, globally, not in the U S but globally, it may, it can make a big difference. Uh, and it might in the U S someday. It might. I just want to see I just want to see the sport be great. And I, you know, lifters that have potential like that. Here's the thing, right? Let me think about Daniela. She's going to a new weight class. I would love to see her against Jessica. Bittner, yeah. But, I mean, Won't I, 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 I feel like that could be another million view YouTube video. Like her <laughs> yeah, and Yeah, it could. Fuck yeah, you I know could. what I mean? But, I mean, not, you know. Right, here's you another soundbite. Here's another I want. I want to see Dennis Cornelius on $100,000 worth of gear. <laughs> there it is. There it is. And I'm going to send him into the showdown. Give me a, 
<laughs> yeah, you, you put okay. You put on a meat that's a hundred thousand dollars for the winter, and I'll take I'll take some steroids. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people that that know the shit, and I'll ask them, "What do I need to get on? What do I need? Do We're going in. You know what John, I mean? John so. Hack will be a fucking will be a relic of the past. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I, I, I love it. That, as that. long as as long as Dennis doesn't slip and fall in the shower. That's right. Dude, and that's his, so only kryptonite, his only kryptonite is showering, ironically. If I well, had, yeah, well, his shower was like a fucking bowl, dude. I, like, <laughs> I, 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 I like how there's I like how there's videos of Dennis doing like you know an 800 pound barefoot squat with his brother spotting him, and, <laughs> and then a chicken right. running, and then a, the a, bat, a slippery bathtub takes him out. But yeah, buddy, have... yeah, but so my buddy John, it was his house. He was like, he's he's a fucking Navy SEAL, you know. He's like, Jesus. I walk out and I'm like, God damn. He's like. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> He'll have to have three beta males shower him down if he's if he's yeah. Doing. I was like, it's oh, gotta be. It'll be in a Turkish bathhouse only. You can't. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, man. No, I I agree. Uh, it is a shame. One of the things that's a casualty of this is no mellow in the international seventy six. Look at the domestically speaking at national level seventy six without mellow. I mean, I, I'm not too. I'd have to Chloe. I, Chloe, then okay. Marion, I I don't even know her numbers. I don't know how she's training. I don't know what's going on. But Chloe's going to go seventy six, right? Yeah, she's seventy six. And again, I don't know her numbers. I think her best was five fifteen or five twenty. But at nationals, she was like right there with. Uh, did she win? She won, right? She did. Yeah, she beat Jasmine. That was at what weight was that? Seventy two. She did hit. She hit better than she did at nationals previously. She's hit as high as I think five twenty. So conceivably, if, if Danny hits anything remotely close to what she did at 84, um, you know, I think, I mean, she benches more than Jessica. Jessica's squad is getting up there, um, but she deadlifts a lot. So, I mean, I don't know. It'd be a good, it'd be a good battle in my opinion. Um, and I think if it's marketed well and the hype is there, we get, that, we get that UFC highlight video for three, three, four minutes. Doggy, but this, uh, this is two years away now. Uh, There's no such thing. Build it up, build it up, build it up, build it up. You know what I mean? So I, I think a, a interesting thing to note too, that like Joey's hitting at like, and you've hinted that too, Ryan, about nationals is that these people can be playing strategy. Like, let me go do nationals. If I win, maybe I'll pull out of the showdown. If I don't win, then I'll do the showdown. So maybe, maybe Danny makes the weight cut to 76 for nationals. And if she wins, then she goes, okay, I'm not going to cut, you know, a few months later for the showdown. And then again, for worlds, I'll just skip the showdown and do worlds. Or if she goes and let's say, yeah, she loses to Chloe or something like that. Then she's like, I'm not going to go to worlds anyways. So I might as well just go do the showdown and go you, compete there. You have options. You, you, yeah. it's, there's not a, it's not a bad thing to be yeah. like, let me, let me keep my options open. Like, so like just Dennis said, Dennis said he had uh, I was on a list. I held my name there. I was just see my options. Why not? Put your name. Yeah, there. I mean, so, yeah, it's it's you know. If they emailed you and sense. said your name is on a list, we can't select you or something. I mean, yeah, there was some. I, I, dude, I can just search my emails and I'll send them. <laughs> no, that's they, no, they no, were no, like okay. they were like pre- prematurely. I think telling Dennis and these other people like, "Hey, you're on the list. You're not gonna be able to." Yeah, do I it. was basically like, "Fuck off, man! Like I can do whatever <laughs> I want. It's a free country." <laughs> I mean, yeah, damn right it is. But but who knows? Like, yeah, maybe maybe Ashton, Danny, and Sean do nationals. See how they play. See what they get invited to. Maybe someone you know offers them sponsorship, whatever like that. And then they say, Nah, I don't want to do the showdown. I'll go do that. I, I would love to see more sponsorships. Um, like for lifters. Like I said, if you're a top three lifter, in my opinion, if you're a top three lifter and you got personality, there's no reason why you can't do something. Um, brand yourself, whatever. Um, yeah, personality is a big one. 
Yeah, that's... you gotta have person. You gotta have personality. Like, uh, you know, I don't want that. Yeah. But I, <laughs> hey, man, you came in with some sound bites, my man. You know I what mean, I mean? Sure. You, you got the. Then, you got Dennis, the... Dennis, is, Dennis is Dennis. You're gonna go down in my generation. It, like, you're gonna go down as one of the like. You're the uh, 120 goat. I don't see anyone. For sure, he's the 120 and, goat. The and, most uh, underrated. The most people that people call me the most underrated. It's like no, what? it's really I have a shitty. It's because I have a shitty person. Who, who, who in UCPL is coming close to Dennis? Nobody. Well, Here, here's, but, the, here's the thing. He doesn't go on social media. Like 100 often. kilos. Like, yeah, no, no. By far, <laughs> he's the 120 goat. And um, What about at Worlds? Isn't there that – is that guy any is, – is that guy close to Dennis? Sank uh, from Turkey. <laughs> Arian's like, no. From Turkey. I had him on the podcast from Turkey. He actually says – I had him on the podcast. He's a junior from Turkey. He was killing it. He actually says Dennis is goat. Uh, he's really go. young. He's like early twenties. Dennis is forty. So by the time he matures into late twenties, thirty. Oh, sink, sink, sink. Kozak. Kozak. Yeah. yeah, he's actually a nice guy, and he gave Dennis tons of props on the uh, on the. Podcast. I don't, I don't know where the end is though, because we got guys in their sixties still do killing it, hitting PR. Yeah, so man. like, I feel you like keep... we're seeing a gender. Look at the NFL with the age of quarterbacks. That's all I'm saying. Fuck yeah. Like there's all the oh, guys yeah. that are killing it, so I don't know, man. Like hell yeah. I'm not I'm not dead yet, man. <laughs> he ain't dead yet. <laughs> He's not dead yet. <laughs> oh yeah, let's look, look don't at his own picture Look at UFC. We got old we got um what's his name? I John, mean Jambo Ander- Hovich is thirty-eight. Anderson Silva was going for a while. Randy Couture. Yeah. Randy Couture at forty one, right? Was it forty one? He beat oh. um that big goofy bastard. Tim Sylvia. Brock Lesnar. No, he lost Brock Lesnar. He beat Tim Sylvia. <laughs> he lost to Brock. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. No, it's listen, Dennis ain't going nowhere. And and heavyweights age differently. Uh in all sports. Heavyweights age differently. So he's there, gonna there, there was another heavyweight uh, DC also in UFC. Yeah. 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 Daniel Cormier. Actually, yeah, dude. Like, yeah, Daniel Cormier. There were some times where he popped Stipe and I was like, oh dang, like, but yeah, he just man. didn't go down. Yeah. <laughs> Not that time. But, yeah. He got him the first time. Yeah, I remember I, I, I went to college with Dan, with Daniel Cormier. What? Family. Um, like I was a fucking nobody back then, and I Wait, took a what? picture with Cormier. No, I went to fucking way. With two goats, man. To Oklahoma State. He's 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 an Oklahoma State guy, and no, I saw him at a at a youth wrestling youth wrestling deal. I took a picture with. Him. We're like the fucking exact same size, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Dude, it's before he was before he was famous. That is something I do want you to send me, and I'm gonna post it and I'm gonna tag Daniel Cormier. I'm gonna tag Daniel Cormier and see what happens because that's two goats that later on. Boom! That's the gateway. Now we're gonna get (laughs) ESPN looking at living before I was like anything. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. I got I got to head out. Much appreciated. Thank thank you guys uh, for everything. yeah, man, I just want to see the sport win. I just want to see the sport do better. Um, I think it's good for lifters to have options. But, I mean, you know, right now we're just kind of in a weird, weird spot. That's it. That's all it is. That's why, like I said, man, when everything's there, um, there's no other There's no other super legit fed for true drug-tested people. So. And you are accepting clients, or how do people get a hold of you if they want some coaching? Kind oh, of? snap. FlexTrainingSystems.com with two Xs. Um super busy but i always tell people just reach out anyway i also have a youtube channel just type in joey flex and you you, you could it's just more informative stuff 
and uh yeah man thank you guys so much instagram joyflex7 thank you guys so much and um i am gonna go actually get ready to squat My i man. really appreciate you guys and dude uh, i appreciate you coming on here much dude we got to do it again we'll do it we again, will do obviously. it again we will uh, i'm trying to think after nationals we'll have a lot to talk about fuck yeah maybe even leading up to we'll see oh, we'll keep in man. touch my friend talk all to right, you brother. later later Arian, later dennis yeah. uh, all right bye dennis's chair <laughs> I, I think uh i think joey brings brought up a good point too is the uh, difference between prize money versus sponsorship because you know prize money might only go like you know the most money to the top lifter then it really gets dwindled down and also you have to like you know go to these prize money meets not every every meet can be a prize money meet but if you're sponsored then they're sponsoring you for any meet you go to like yeah. if you're sponsored by monster energy or whatever like that they're going to sponsor for all, all all the events you do same thing if you're sponsored by like spd they're going to like you know cover you going to nationals they're going to cover you going to arnold they're going to cover you going to world and i don't think a lot of people realize that part of it too they're saying oh nationals doesn't have any prize money worlds doesn't have any prize money well it does it's just like you know behind the scenes sponsorship where like you know if dennis is going to worlds they're going to cover you know his plane ticket maybe they'll cover his hotel maybe they might say if you win we'll give you this much money and everything like that and so you're getting you're getting basically prize money in that way by by basically being sponsored by them and also by placing I think like even as far back as 2016, uh, SPD was paying something around when it converted, like something around 2000 or 2,500 for winning worlds. And since then it's like doubled from what I hear. Um, it depends on what, it depends on what level you are. Like, you know, the IPF, you know, the SPD elite versus, you know, the SPD sponsored versus like, you know, they just, they just toss you like, you know, the kit. Um, but even the kit you're getting, like, you know, the belt, the singlet, wrist wraps, t-shirt, uh, knee sleeves, everything like that. But some of these people from what I hear, they could be winning like, you know, $5,000 for winning worlds plus getting your expenses covered. I think for, for Joey, we lost them, but I think for Sheffield, they're recovering the coaches travel too for to coming with the athlete. So I don't think a lot of people know that, th that part of it. Dude, that's the exact same. Whether the, you're paying for your expenses through prize money, you might've won or through a sponsor. You're 100% right. It, it, money's money. Uh, it was the same thing. I believe with CPU with uh, Bryce brought up when Bryce is sponsored by Titan and SPD was trying to sponsor the entire, the, the entire Canadian team and said, if everyone comes, we'll offer this to you. And they were offering a couple thousand for first place at worlds. And so they were trying to, you know, sponsored entire Canadian powerlifting team. And so you could be sponsored by, SPD Canada and make a couple thousand plus your expenses covered. And there's other sponsors out there that we probably don't even know about. Like I think Jezza had like beast genetics sponsor, but I think it was also sponsored like by like a cable company or electrical company and in his islands so like that. Um, some of these other people have sponsorship too. So like there's, there's probably a lot of money out there that's covering the cost of lifters going to IPF worlds and for winning and bringing back gold medals or country and stuff like that. We just don't hear it as much as like, you know, a social media post saying $50,000 prize money. Yeah, yeah. And the point you hit on earlier about the taxes—that's like a big deal, and there's just not enough prize money. Even at, even at the, uh, um, the current open back when it was forty grand for the winner, you know, back then it was like—I mean, it was only three years ago. It was like a lot more. It's a lot. Of, you know, nobody had ever heard of this money, so it was like, wow, this is a big deal. Even third place was a big deal, and and I was expecting to get, I was expecting to get one through three based on my Wilkes because, you know, Wilkes was the big deal back then. So, um, yeah, I think a, a couple, a couple of interesting points too of that is like, like, like Joey said too, is like, it's cool. If you want to go compete wherever you want, it's cool. If you want to go compete for money and try it out, 
But the idea of like being a career powerlifter and think that you can win, you know, one or more prize money meets every single year for 30 years and make a career out of it. Um, it's, it's not possible. Like, okay. For Olympians, they do it for, you know, one, two, maybe three Olympics, and then they're done. They replace you with the next person who's better than you. That's younger than you. So then you have to go find out another job or a coach. So like, okay, what if Dennis wins five current opens and wins 25,000 each time? And then he's not good enough to win anymore. What's he supposed to do now for his job for the rest of his life and feeding his family? If, if, yeah. if you're banking on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I will say though, with the, with the U S open, it is the current U S open. It's literally philanthropy by Kern giving up money and he's not going to see nothing back on that. Same with um, the showdown, yeah. Luke bright. And we had Luke bright on the podcast. He's a friend of the podcast and the guys, he, he's doing it through his own company, putting up this money, hoping he's the one putting up the money for that. So what he'll do Half is he'll, he'll use. Yeah. So he'll use his own company's money, putting it up and then he'll try to cover as much as you can with other sponsors and other, he's just doing it because he loves powerlifting yeah. and he wants to give powerlifters as much money as possible. I mean, he's a I mean, and we had him pocket. He's a super nice guy. Well-spoken. Um, and he does it for the love of the sport, you know? It's uh so I mean I got nothing but good things to say about a guy like that yeah. or or whoever's gonna put up money like that. I, I forgot what the exact number was, but I think maybe like last year he he put up thirty five thousand and then yeah, yeah like tried to make the money back from entry fees, spectator fees, sponsors like that. This time I think he was doubling it by saying okay I'll I'll put up the thirty five on my own and then also try and get thirty five from the entry fees, sponsors and all that stuff like that. Yeah. He, he, or they, the showdown invited me too. And I, I actually advertised for him, you know, I was like, this is cool. You know, I got, I got, uh, invited by these guys. I'll promote them, you know, like whatever. I, I showed it on my little story thing. And I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not accept it unless, like I said, I'm going to do fucking roids. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <clears throat> and that's the thing where it's like, um, I, I like a, a meet like that, like IPF world is not even on the table for somebody who's in the untested. So, like those competitions, like they need, you need big meets. Like there is no, here's the thing that uh, I had it on the docket to discuss a little bit about back in the day, you guys might remember there used to be untested nationals and worlds with the WPC, the world powerlifting council. And I mean, I this is what's that? Sorry. I got a thought, but go okay, ahead. Go, all right. Okay. Um, so this is way back in 86. I think even Ed Cohen, this goes back to Ed Cohen's he was winning worlds over there after he left the IPF. And like, they actually were legitimately a global body. We had talked about earlier was it does the untested have a legit global body because there's the USPA, but the IPL globally outside the U S isn't very big. Whereas the IPF globally is, is huge. There was a time and we're right now in untested powerlifting. There really isn't that. So these money meets now have replaced their, the normal structure of, state slash provincial nationals worlds instead you have various money meets and and these guys are doing their best as independent basically promoters um doing their thing so without them fuck man the untested i don't know what they would have because they don't really know have that structure in, in place right now so yeah hats off to these fellas doing what they got to do uh dennis what were you thinking my man okay so you're you're like hats off to these guys okay <clears throat> You know, I, I hear some of the, I hear some of these guys these guys on drugs are like, oh, the best guys should come over from the tested side and compete with us. I hear that sometimes from time to time, and I fucking want to throw something at my fucking computer screen every time I hear that. I'm like, you know what? 
you weren't good enough to fucking compete in the non-tested side. So why the fuck? I mean, for the tested side. So why the fuck should we compete over there for the for the non-tested side? You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're fucking such a badass, then come over here to the USAPL or the USPA drug testament and compete against us. You know? Yeah, it, it does just, work. It pisses me off when I hear that. It just it really makes me mad. I'm like, quit trying to fucking pull those guys over there because it's fucking bullshit, dude. Like, don't. No, man, like, don't do that. It, it, <laughs> like, yeah. you... There's some scouting. Russ said, I've been scouted on. Like, I don't know. He didn't yeah. say who, but he said people are reaching out, like, trying to talk me into this. Yeah. But the thing is, I, I, know, some, I know some guys that are on drugs that are actively recruiting guys that are not on drugs. It's like, dude, don't, that's fucking bullshit. Like, if you, if you're on drugs, like, if you're on drugs and, and you get your ass kicked by a dude that's not on drugs, like I would fucking go kill myself. You know? <laughs> like I would. I would fucking like fuck that dude. Like, like a samurai. Just, yeah, like you're just not fucking worthy, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh, I think no, I, I sh- that's that's fucking strong. I shouldn't say that. But, no, <laughs> no, I know what you I know you're having fun. Um no no I yeah, obviously it's a sport, you're not gonna kill yourself. But um I know what you're trying to say is uh if someone from the untested wants to go over there, it's one thing, but to try to lure someone from, from the untested, if he's clean and you're on gear, looks the other way. It, like it might, someone might say, it looks like you're punching down as opposed to, because you have a obvious advantage of using. Whereas, yeah. um, so I know what you mean we're on the surface. It'd be like, um, you know, it doesn't look good on the surface. Whereas I think hopefully some of these individuals are more looking at it like, I'm not actually just trying to get a win over you and, and throw it in your face. I'm better than you. Um, because I know that if you're clean and I'm not, I, I, th- I'm, I'm hopefully their intention is actually more along the lines of, I'm just trying to make this meet as big as possible. And you're a big name with a big following. So if you came over more eyeballs on this meet, they, I, I'm, I would like to hope they're operating from uh, like, I do, honestly, I don't know who it is. I don't know the messages. I'm just totally assuming here, but um there could be a storyline where it's good faith acting and they're, and they're uh, not trying to get an easier win on a guy who's. It could just be a mix of like, you know, the showdown or, or current or whatever invites people. So they got the invite and it could be like, you know, people always in the Instagram comments will tag someone like, Hey, you should do this meet or Hey, like you should come uh, and compete. I've so. heard scouting. I've heard, look, look at, look at, I've heard it, Russ straight up said in his video, people are in my DM saying I want to compete against but, stuff. But what I also want to mention is that you brought up is that another interesting point. Um, and this happens in all federations. I think it's happened in USAPL before too, is but I believe with the WPC, they used to have like the WPO finals or yeah. whatever like that. And the guy who used to run it, uh, Kieran Kidder, apparently got in trouble one year because he wasn't paying out the prize money of what he advertised. So that's another thing for people to be careful of. Sometimes people advertise oh, we're going to get out this much money or we're going to give out a rogue hard power barbell, this and that. And then there's been times afterwards where they people never saw that money. Well, I mean, things yeah. like... Um, sorry, go ahead. Were you going to say something, Dennis? Uh, I don't know. No, no, I was just okay. agreeing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no. Um, 100%, like that happens, period, though. Uh, like in all, all walks of life. Like I know what you mean where with SPD, you know so, this is a massive company, global company, so if they fronting money, they've told themselves we could lose this, not make a dime on anything. We're probably fine. Whereas the smaller the company, and if it starts getting to an independent individual, they, it might not even be them not being like being unscrupulous. It might be 
they just took a fucking bath and they did not judge this and they can't pay out. Um, and uh, I'm not saying that's going to happen with any of the individuals we mentioned, but um, I mean, fuck, you know, it's, yeah, it, it, it just, it, it probably it just, has happened before. I'm sure yeah. it's happened. It's happened with I mean, I know from MMA and boxing fan, it, it happens all the time, right? <laughs> I, there, there are smaller boxing promotions than MMA promotions that are notoriously not paying fighters. Um, and that's at the UFC, they can afford to it because they have a way bigger budget. And then the smaller promotions, it's fucking kind of hit or miss. If you even, even when you watch the movie Rocky, he's like, fucking, you promised me this much money. And he's like, what can I tell you? We didn't get that much attendance, you know? Well, I want to back up a little bit and say, you know, like the promoter for the, for the showdown meet, like him inviting people, like that's, that's different. Yeah. You know, he's, you know, he's trying to make money and, and like he's inviting who he thinks will put on a good show and that's like it's his job it's his job yeah yeah he's up front he's transparent he's transparent and but but these but but some of these guys are they're known users trying to like co-ops these people to fucking come over and it's like dude don't don't try to talk them you know don't try to like put the put the ipf type guys you know try to bring them over into the same banner it's like it's just it's fucking stupid dude like they're they're drug free they're at a disadvantage, even though they're genetically superior to fucking everybody, to everybody, almost everybody competing, except for maybe like hack. You're like, this is a perfect example of hack. John Hack is a fucking su- superior lifter, and now look at him. He's fucking on drugs and he's superior to fucking everybody else. So, like, all these guys, if all these other guys that come over and got on drugs, they're, they're IP, all the IPF world champions that got on drugs, they'd all be like John Hacks. You know, that's yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Mo- most of them, like when they do switch, they, they do pretty well. Cause like other than John hack, um, Yuri Belkin competed in, in uh, IPF worlds, 2014, I believe Stacy Burr competed in USAPL 2014, 2015. Uh, I believe Andre Melanchev used to compete in the IPF back in the day. Um, uh, Jamal Browner obviously competed in USAPL. So all these guys, like, you know, a lot of them started off in the IPF and then they made the transition over and they dominated over there. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. you would, you would think based on statistics as possible that yeah, if Taylor Atwood, Russell, Amanda, whatever started going on drugs and started uh, maximizing it 20 far away and that they'd be dominating too. So uh, I, you, you use the word transition over there, which is somewhat, some of them were straight up suspended, my man. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't uh, a Jamal Browner, Jamal Browner never did anything in the IPF. So by the way, he, he, he did, he did the Toronto pro show where he broke the, the Della Frecker, which is where he got tested. And that's where he, he failed. Yeah. So then he didn't, so then he didn't break the record because they wouldn't have let him keep that. That like, that was, no. that record didn't stand. Right. It no. was, he, he deadlifted 770 or 782 or 777. Right. Something like that, I think. Nothing against Jamal Browner, but he's never won anything in the IPF. I mean, yeah. not, not nothing against the guy, but he's never won anything in the IPF. Yeah, because he, he was only around for a very little time, and he got yeah. invited to that Toronto Pro Show because they just invited some people that they thought would be good, and he broke He probably the... could have gotten good, yeah, but yeah. he never won anything. Yeah the, yeah, the Toronto Pro Show, fuck me. I remember when that was going on for a little while, too. Man, COVID I don't is... mean to be an asshole, but, like, well, look at I no, mean, no, no. There's a definitely difference between you know John Hack one world and transition over versus yes. Jamal Browner. Just, no, I, I, yeah, exactly. I get John, your point John, is. John Hack, like John Hack, is fucking a respectable. Like 
not not saying Jamal Brown is not, but like John Hack is fucking. He did it right, dude. Like he did it the right way. I think he did it too young. I think he did it prematurely. But whatever. You know. I remember I I had Hack on the podcast, and I swear he had said at one point. Um, like he always was probably going to transition, but he, if he knew kind of like you had said, if he knew Sheffield was just around the corner, um, he would have thought about, you know, well, maybe I should stick around for Sheffield as well and whatever, but it is like 2020 hindsight. You want it all if you can. Right. I I hear the people who, who say that, but it's also, I guess it's a thing about like maybe mentality or something like that of whether you'd be willing to, you know, take the steroids, like, like Dennis says, Hey, if you pay me a hundred thousand dollars, I'll do it. Someone else might say, Hey, you have to pay me a million dollars to do it. But maybe, I mean, even if there was a Sheffield and there was prize money, some of these people eventually in the back of their mind were saying, eventually I want to like, you know, take it to the next level. I want to go take this stuff and see how much I can push my body. So he may have done it anyways. It's just like, you know, you're always second guessing yourself like, Oh yeah, maybe I would have never done it. But in reality, maybe he still would have eventually just after maybe a few no, more years. No, he said he would, he, he said, um, I don't want to misquote him because the podcast was a couple of years ago, the one I'm talking about. Um, but I, I, I swear he said like, he always wanted to push his body as far as possible be the next ed cohen and do whatever the hell to see what he could do but before he would have left if he knew the timeline he would have because at his age still in his 20s he's probably looking like could i have stayed a few years longer in the ipf whereas he probably told himself at the time um i won ipf worlds that was the top of the pinnacle there was no other step so i could either keep winning worlds or I, or we rock and roll kern came and had tons of hype at the time so that and that's why like dennis left and it was like there was kern at the time like little hype is simmered down on it but if we go back to 2018 or 2000 i think it's 2018 year it was heavily hyped it was crazy hyped yeah ryan that was probably the current 2018 was probably like if you if you calculate the totals for everybody it was probably the highest fucking total of ever of all time you know it was what I mean? quarter of a million for was the payout i remember them talking about it and i remember we were all like how the fuck can this even be possible we found out it's just through philanthropy we're like there's no way you're gonna you're gonna lose that money like this is not uh powerlifting we're not at a place where that kind of money is like break even or even making money afterwards but um yeah it was crazy so that obviously sped up hacks decision I, another I, I remember when every that too is like people were like who is this person and like where the hell is all this money coming from are they going to be able to keep doing yeah. it and, Hi, and Gracie. sorry go ahead now just gonna say i, I pull up the, the results real quick since dennis said is I, I see 16 lifters that broke a 2000 pound total at that meet well there you go uh gracie v was on the podcast when it was up and she said um now this is going even further back again. <laughs> some people are, somebody could pull up the old podcast and be like, that's not, but a, I think, I believe he's like, he makes a lot of money doing trading or something like that, where he, to him, a quarter of a million, believe it or not, it was, it was totally philanthropy where he's like, I just want to do this for fun. Lifters get money, whatever the shit, like we just got lucky. And I'm by we, I mean, powerlifting just got lucky that a guy came around that could have happened he could have decided he wanted to do that for a powerlifting for an IPF meet if he wanted to. Like it just so happened that he was, you know, around uh, the untested division. But if that guy was based out of Europe and fucking was like, you know, next IPF worlds, I'm giving out a quarter of a mil. Good, good tax write off for him for whatever <laughs> so, stock trading, whatever he does. Fucking tax. Whatever. Right. Yeah. I have yeah, no literally. idea. That, that's a long conversation with your wife. <laughs> what are you doing? Who are these people? <laughs> why are you giving them this kind of money 
Um, do we have people, people shit on Gracie Gracie V? You know what? Like I made a post about her and she got mad at me and like fucking blocked me and I'm like, you know, I was fucking I wasn't trying to be negative, you know. It was like you, you did something stupid, like own up to it and like I think she did a lot for the sport, honestly. You know? <laughs> oh, we're talking about um the email gate. I remember uh yeah, yeah, I was like, don't fucking do shit like that. You know, it's fucking stupid. She for anyone <laughs> listening, this is going back a few years, which is ancient history and powerlifting, but yeah. um uh somebody emailed her asking, How do I get into the the current? And she replied back rudely, like just don't waste my essentially, essentially saying don't waste my fucking time to summarize. Yeah. And um, she might've even straight up used those words, but it's along those lines at least. And um, the email went out. And obviously if you were like, if you were for lifters who are in like USCPL, IPF or whatever the shit, like that is like, holy moly, you'd be rattled because the emails are written like super professional the whole night. So for us, we were all like, holy shit. But then for some other people in the untested, um, they're like, no, we, sometimes you'll get that though. Like meet directors might like be a Gracie V who's talking to you. Like, you know, it's a little different. So some people were completely rattled, like, holy shit. And other people like, this isn't uh this is somewhat par for the course. You will get talked to a certain yeah. way. So it, it, it's, <laughs> so that's also a little different from time to time, depending on who the meet director is. Cause you will not have somebody who's doing things in the IPF or USAPL who's a higher up hopping on their Instagram live feed and fucking go running off. Like it's different, right? There's a different feel here and there. So then you got to be expect certain things. Um, you know, sometimes you got to have a thicker skin. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever that, this is a couple of years old, but after that happened, yeah, she took some flack. I don't know what the shit she's been doing lately. Is she still running us Kern? I don't know. I think so. Right. If she's still the person. She, I don't know. I'm I just want, sure. I just want to know how many people have Dennis blocked. Yeah, well, it sounds like... Uh... <laughs> Dude, I've lost a lot of fucking Instagram followers. I don't know why, but I have. You know? Dude, here's the thing. You call it like you see it, but you're you're not being... Like, you're a nice guy. You're not being unfair. You're calling it like you see it, though. Yeah. But... Uh... Well, when I when I told... When I, you know, when Larry Wills posted that video, I thought it was fucking funny, you know? I took my shirt off at that at that, at the current open whenever I stood up on the podium, and I was like... This is funny as shit. Larry took his shirt off, and I was like, "I'm gonna fucking take my shirt." Yeah, off. you were having fun. Fat, I remember. Ugly. I'm like a fat, ugly motherfucker, so I'm gonna take it off. Oh, come on! No, and, but and then when 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 people were posting, like, you know, I thought it was funny. I was reading the comments, you know, like talking about me being fat and shit. And like, I thought it was funny, and then you know, people were like, <clears throat> "I was like, dude, somebody said something that pissed me, kind of pissed me off a little bit." I was like, "Dude, he." You know he's on drugs you know it's like and i was being honest and i was like i'm i'm drug free and i i think it pissed off larry wills and if he ever fucking listens to this like dude i i didn't mean to disrespect it to you yeah i just was it's like you you admit it on online that you're on you're on drugs and 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 then i said it, it's like don't be pissed off you know <laughs> yeah no he's definitely open about being on drugs i don't yeah, even... it's like and but he unfollowed me because of that i i think it was because of that and i was like fuck i didn't mean to i didn't mean it like that you know like yeah yeah i i think he um i don't even think he's into powerlifting much he weightless but now he's he i he's super into arm wrestling now he, well, he's into other shit, dude. Like, why would he be into powerlifting? You know, he's into, yeah, he's like, he's pushing that YouTube man, making good money. Yeah, I mean, like, he's, 
I looked it up. Dennis has, you know, 29,000 followers on Instagram. Larry has 2.2 million. So That's I think he won crazy. that battle. Dude, we're, we're fucking close. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to catch his ass. <laughs> Listen, Dennis ran him out of powerlifting as far as I'm concerned. That's yeah, what fuck happened. You. That's the story I'm, I'm saying. I'm stronger than Larry. <laughs> he, he ran him out of powerlifting rated to arm wrestling. But um, I went to Larry's uh, YouTube and Larry's YouTube is all arm wrestling now, which like, it's actually pretty he's fucking entertaining. He's entertaining, dude. I it's love it. It's entertaining, watching. dude. It's real. Yeah. It's, I, I, me too. Me too. I'm not even that into it. Like you, like I stumbled along. Like, well, what's Larry up to? And I'm like, fuck, this is actually like, I could watch him. He battles guys. And like, he has like a, it's like a face off. I, I liked it, man. Yeah. That, like that's good money, man. Like, you know, he's got like 200,000 views, 600,000 views. Like yeah. he's, he's making good that's money cool. off of these videos. And he's got like he's got like a SSB squat training and deadlift training and stuff he's like still, that in between. Still lifting. He's it's just not his primary focus for sure. But he's, if I was Larry, I would be doing exactly what Larry's doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, fuck, like, yeah. he's, he's doing the right thing, man. He, he's life. making he's probably making more money off of YouTube in one year than he would if he had gone done the showdown. Oh, absolutely. That's like the absolute truth, man. And if he enjoys arm wrestling, like he probably you know, he did what he did in powerlifting and he's a young guy and he's like, fuck it. I want to try this while I can. And, um, some of the guys that he's in those videos with are like the best of the best arm wrestlers in the world. Like he yeah. is moving in those circles. And, um, I mean, they're, they're tuning them up. Like they don't give a shit. Like he is <laughs> no like dog. I've, some of them are playing with Larry. Arm wrestling Wait, is yeah, a one. Yeah. One. There's one guy. Yeah. I saw the video with the one guy was like, uh, What's his name, Ryan? There's a couple. Well, there's Devin Lorette, who's a Canadian. There's the guy with the shaved head and, long, and big beard uh, from the U.S. Uh, fuck. I, I, I this follow This guy's him. from somewhere else. He's Dennis somewhere is from – there's actually a guy – I think his name. Not Colrus. A guy from Russia? Not I, I, I see names uh, Levon, uh, Ermis, Gennady. Levet, David Levet, I think, is uh, – Something else. Or Levon. Yeah, Levon. Yeah, uh, Anyway, there's Mike, one guy he had on there. I was like, God damn, this guy is an absolute freak. They're, they're, I mean, they're, he's just playing with these guys, man. It's insane. Like Larry and it, Larry, Larry can like he was deadlifting 700 pounds for like a set of 10 or whatever the shit. This dude who's nowhere near as strong in the powerless, they locked arms and he was staring at Larry like with a half smirk on his face as Larry is giving her shit and he can't budge this guy's arm. And I remember posting saying like. I understand it takes strength, but what the fuck is going on with arm wrestling? Like, is it not strength? It, but how much technique? I understand there's technique, but how much technique is there that you could do that? And someone actually yeah. replied with a good, he, he had a good reply. Someone slid in the DMs. He's like, it's just different uh, motor patterns. Like if you look at it this way, like certain people are strong in certain areas and it's just differently where he's like, um, I had a good analogy, but it's like, it's still strength but it's just not how you think it is. In terms of the ligaments in the arm, the, stru the structure of the arm, and he actually, if you look at some pictures of some of this, this Devin Lorette from Canada, his forearms, and he has like muscle definition in his forearms around, around the elbow in his arm, the amount of weight he can hold in, in a dumbbell in his right arm and hang it to like a point where, you know, it just, the weight would just open up your arm. You couldn't sustain that hang, but he can hang there with an incredible amount of weight and just hang and hang and hang. Yeah. And he showed in one of his videos, this guy also is pretty famous himself in that in arm wrestling circles and like a power lifter would outlift him, but could never in that fashion 
So the guy in the DMs is trying to explain to me, he's like, it is still strength. It's just, if you, just like an MMA, if you try to focus on everything and then you go into boxing, you're going to get tuned up by a boxer. He's like, it's the same thing where these guys, they can't deadlift with like Dennis or squat with Dennis, but they also don't need to. They will deadlift a little, but they're going to focus like crazy on this arm, the ligaments and the, they have straight up like the banded work they use on their arms. So while Dennis is spread out with his focus on, they'd be more like a boxer with hands. And it's like, same deal, right? Floyd Mayweather playing with Conor McGregor all over. So, so uh, to the analogy, these guys are Floyd and Larry's Conor with the big following and everything, and fucking they're, they're playing with the kid. But um, yeah, man, it's it's entertaining. Now Larry, Larry, man, he's an unusual. You know, he it's it's unusual because I don't know how strong Larry would be without without the drugs. But and, and this is nobody wants to talk about this about the drugs. But like he's obviously strong because of the drugs. But um, but he has an unusual physique to go along with it, and and yeah, you know, and, and certain amount of charisma, you know. Yeah. So it's like, so I love watching. I, For I love sure. Watching Same, dude. He, <laughs> no, you hit the nail right on the head. Where here's another thing about drugs: you could take the exact same as someone else. It, let, let's say you have the exact same body as someone else. You and you have the exact same baseline lifts. You take it, he takes it the exact same amount. The drugs might help one of you more than the other too. It's not fair. It's not a one-to-one ratio. Let's both yeah. take, let's both take the exact same amount. We'll both gain the exact same ratio. It's weird, right? Our bodies are weird. So um, there's that as well. But uh, Larry, to your point, he fucking looks like a comic book character that walked out of yeah. a comic book. He's ungodly ripped Jack. When he lifts, he's so, like you said, charismatic. He's like, ah. Like he, he's, I mean, he's definitely not as good looking as me. No, like no, face. for sure. No, he's human. The face, he's not. No, not the face. But in the, you know, his body is like, yeah, he's got, you know, he's, he's got right. some. <laughs> it, it, it's good after all, all the smack talking that Dennis is not going to any of these uh, money meets yeah. to see him face to face. Larry's like, listen, I blocked you for. He goes, now you wonder why I blocked you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Put your arm on the table and we're, and we're going. Listen, to, to for real, there's some dudes in those arm wrestling too. I seen one dude, I think it was one of Larry's videos. He put walnuts in his fingers and fucking closed his fist and broke every walnut. Like ju- just to show you like in terms of the different motor pattern of strength, like broke every walnut and then let go. And they're all like, yeah. like fucking crazy. And this goes back to like, you know, like <clears throat> my brother's in jiu-jitsu. He's trying to talk me back into going back into it, you know. Um, like that—that's a different kind of jujitsu. You gotta have like athleticism and strength. Yeah, you know, and a lot of people don't have that. They either have strength or they have athleticism, or, or like very rare few have both. And cardio, and like like a. Like, uh that's not a factor in arm wrestling, but in jujitsu or fighting, like any kind of fighting, but jujitsu as well, you gas out. If you use too much strength, you gas out. And if a big strong guy goes in there, guys who know what they're doing will uh, antagonize you, put you in spots to use your strength because they want you to gas out. And then once the tank goes, you're like, oh shit, how many more rounds do we have? And you're like, this yeah. is going to be hell. This is going to suck. So there's like other factors in it. But, but to yeah, your dude. point, there is guys who are like, you are a million times stronger than in the weight room. And then when you grapple with them, it's kind of like the arm wrestling situation. They're pro- It's not quite, 
because you're still get, you, you get to use your legs and, and base into them. But there are guys who are stronger than they should be anyways. You're, you're never going to face this though, because you're always going to be stronger than every single person. Even if they're strong in grappling, it's not going to mitigate the fucking gap in strength that you bring to the table. But I think for like an average power lifter who's probably stronger than all of his friends, when he wrestles them, he'll feel the difference and he'll be like, okay, I feel strong, but he'll wrestle a wrestler who is not as strong as him in the weight room. And that wrestler still might ragdoll him. He'll be like, how the fuck did that happen? Because same deal with the arm wrestling um, where it might be a little different. That's not going to happen with you though, because to mitigate a fucking 900 pound squat is going to be hell. Well, you know, <laughs> it, it, when, like I, I fucking, so I, I'm kind of like neck deep in powerlifting and, and, now that I'm like, I'm 40 year, 40 going on 41 years old this year, I'll be 41 in June. And uh, I was like, fuck, I, I kind of want to do jiu-jitsu now. Cause like, I don't want to get too old before I can do that. And, and I think I could be really fucking good at that. And the reason why I think that is because like when I was in high school, you know, I, I went onto the wrestling team my senior year and uh, um, I went in there was like, oh shit, I'm gonna get my ass kicked and wrestled the guy my fucking size. And I was like, holy shit, he's weak as fuck. And I just <laughs> did what I wanted to do. And um, after three weeks, I could beat everybody on the team. And and then when I and then I did jujitsu like 10 years later, stopped, do powerlifting, did that for a while, did jujitsu for a little bit, and then did power now I'm back into powerlifting and like, I want to go back to jujitsu before I get too old. And, and let me tell you a story that will give you encouragement. Um, there was a champion. He was around 25 years old. He was the current world champion. And the founder, Helio Gracie, who at the time was around 70, this is in Brazil, um, had an academy, the Gracie Academy, world famous. You might already know it, but some listeners might not. So um, this world champion got invited to come to the Gracie Academy and he was starstruck when they're on a mats and this academy is huge and they're all on the mats and he looks and who's watching, but Helio Gracie himself, seven years old, watching everybody rolling. So this guy notices Helio's watching. He's in his prime, the current world champion several times over. And he starts, he wants to get Helio's praise. He wants to get a little notice. So he starts styling on a couple of these fucking guys that he's, that he's rolling with Helio. So, he got Helio's attention all right, but for the wrong reasons, because Helio's old school, he doesn't like that. So the rolls, the rounds come to an end. Helio comes down onto the mat and he says, he stops the class and the guy thinks, maybe I think I might get a little bit of props here. And Helio's addressing the class and Helio says, and I just want to talk about this young man right here. And he points to him. The guy's like, fuck, here it comes. All right. This is because, you know, now I'm going to get my just due from the man. And Helio goes, I admit, you're good. You're real good. <laughs> but I, but I do not think you could beat me. And this guy goes, I couldn't beat you in your prime or I couldn't beat you now. And Helio says, I don't think you could beat me now. And the guy's like, what the fuck is about to happen right now? Helio goes, set the clock for five minutes, another round, and we're going to go. And I bet you don't beat me. So they rock and roll, Dennis. And he said, like, you know, because you've been in jiu-jitsu, there's no points in sparring. If there's a tournament, he would have got points for passing guard, et cetera. But he said- Yeah, you get, was, yeah it depends on what the tournament is. Yeah, Right. Yeah. But, but um, 
in, in rolling, you don't. And nobody fucking keeps points. Right, right. You're, right. you're, you're a douchebag if you kept points. If afterwards you're like, I think I got three points on you. They'd be yeah, like, what yeah. are you talking about? It's a, it's, a, it's a finish. So anyways, um, this guy said, for the life of me, every time I cut a corner, if I pass guard, he could regard. If I try to set a trap, he knew it was a trap. So he could defend. He's always at least one or two steps ahead. The whole time for five minutes, the bell rings. We break up. We stand up. And he wasn't submitting me. As a matter of fact, I was all over this guy. But the point of fact was I could not submit him. And I read this. This was an article written by this gentleman, not by Helio. And he said, that day I learned, A, if you know jujitsu, it's a skill. Not necessarily as physical as you might think. And you could take it with you for life. So when some punk walks on in the mats and he's big, strong, and all the rest, he's 25, and Dennis, you're 70, and he points to you, you'll be like, all right, kid. All right. But he also said humility. He, he, he learned humility, and um, that's what Helio wanted to teach him. So to the point of the thing that I love about jiu-jitsu is it is like a chess match with your body where there are so many moves traps strategy that in terms of the bigger overall strategy you could train it your whole life and you'll never learn it all and you'll never see every single possible strategy used and it's fucking you know it's amazing stuff so i think you could be 50 years old and um and and you'd be all right because you you're not going to use you're not going to beat guys with like mobility and speed your core strength will be light years ahead of everybody whether you're 40 or you're 50 so your main physical asset you have at 40 you're going to have at 50 over these guys but you yeah, have... see the the big thing i have right now is like i also have speed like that's what that's really the, yeah that's like, so you know at 260 270 280 I can move as fast as a guy that weighs 180. You know, it's holy like, shit, dude. Yeah, that's people don't know that about me, and, oh, I'm not you, to, and I'm not trying to brag, but it's like, like people don't, you know. You can ask my like. Wait, a minute, so I think I see a video of you. You posted video of you sprinting. You do sprints. Do yeah, you but that's, that's you know a lot of people can sprint. You know, it's like it's kind of hard to tell. Right, but I know <laughs> you do in your training though. Yeah. But like, I mean, you could ask my 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 instructor. He's a black belt. Uh, Todd Ryan's guy. It's like he Todd has Todd has taught me everything. I mean, as far as like Todd, me and Todd have had wars together. And I'm a white belt. Like full disclosure, I'm a fucking white belt. And uh, we've had wars together. And most of the time, I, I stave him off because of my strength and and my athleticism. And I've I've learned to bend against his against all his uh, uh everything that he all his offense basically yeah and uh it you know and i've learned and so when i wrestle other people it's because of todd it's because of all the shit i've learned off of todd that i've uh, uh, you know i've faced against these other people that are they're you know like the, there's another name that's like a he's probably the number one guy in Tulsa, oklahoma and uh when i wrestled him he couldn't do shit against me. What? There's nobody. There's nobody that that, that could fucking say that against this guy, you know. And 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 dude, uh, fuck me. Now I kind of want you. Well, I know this. I want to. Let, let's put it this way. I want to fucking wrestle Chad Wesley Smith. Uh, I want to. I want to fucking uh, grapple against Chad Wesley Smith or uh, the other guy. Uh, the guy that he wrestled against and lost against. Yeah, I don't. I, I, don't yeah. Guys, I would feel confident in in uh, no gear, gi. 
Do you use a gi? That a boy. Well, gi or no, I don't give a shit what it is. It doesn't matter. Um, I would feel confident against. I'm I'm a white belt, and I would feel confident uh, in my abilities. Give me two months to train in jits. Fuck yeah! I would feel confident against going. Dog, listen, listen, Dennis. All right, Dennis. You have so many fucking goddamn sound bites in this podcast. <laughs> um, this is another clip, by the way, but uh, this is amazing. But um, I would fucking love to see that because the only reason why um, Chad and the other gentleman, I forget his fucking name now, um, grappled. Yeah, yeah do, it's, do, the other you, guy, that's not, he's a weightlifter, but he's got a lot of fall. He's got a big following. Huge. Yeah. The only reason why they grappled is because of their both weightlifting backgrounds that people thought it'd be interesting. You being the 120 goat and everything you've accomplished. If you said, well, look, I'm a, I'm a powerlifting grappler as well. If, if this is what the super fights are for fun, if that's fun, well, fucking throw my hat in the goddamn ring. I, I do to either against either one of those guys. And, and uh, I think Chad's still a blue belt and the other guy's a purple belt. Um, but yeah, I would, I would totally uh throw my hat in order give me two months to tr- give me three months to train <laughs> yeah get, get me back into it for three months and i'll i'll you know i would be fucking willing to how much how much of a are, are you doing are you looking at like the dan and her videos like leg locks and all the rest of it and like gordon ryan and whatnot no <clears throat> um basically it would be what what do you mean what well sorry, like I, john dana here so the leg lock game has been like exploding in, in uh, jujitsu and John Danaher developed a system of leg locking and they calls and they call his team, the Danaher death squad and Gordon Ryan right now is probably the number one no gi grappler in the world. He, I know him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he, um, so Danaher's his coach in their instructional series that they have on BJJ fanatics. I'm going down. This is going to turn into a fucking jujitsu podcast right now, Arian, but bear yeah, with us. No. Bear with us, bro. Sorry. We, we Sorry, did this. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Dennis, you know what? Every time Dennis comes on the podcast, it turns into a jujitsu. After about two hours, it's a jujitsu podcast. I should have known. You know what? It happens every, we've done this every time. Since like 2016. I'm not a jujitsu. Like, like, full disclosure, I am not a jujitsu guy. See me. Well, I'm, I'm like you. I'm just moonlighting. I'm not, but it, it's, it would be interesting to go against Chad or, uh, uh God damn it i can't remember his name i don't i don't remember the other guy's name because he's not a power lifter so he wasn't on my radar until he fought chad but um do you do you look at instructional videos and are you into all that stuff as well yeah. dennis are, are you yes yeah. yeah same here man dude i i want see dude you are knee deep dennis if you're doing that because once you go down that road i shit you not i watch videos i got a grappling dummy i drill the moves on my grappling dummy like I watch a half hour video, like studying it, You, you become a nerd with it. You turn yeah. Arian, you know how you can become a nerd with powerlifting. You could jujitsu as nerds, man. Like, I mean, dudes who go to the office and, you know, click a, you know, with their, whatever, there's totally nerds and they get into jujitsu and fucking study it and the whole nine. It's a, it's like a beautiful art buddy. Uh, just be careful. I mean, Dennis can call Chad a nerd, but if you call him a nerd, Ryan, he and might. I ain't, I ain't calling nobody a nerd. <laughs> no, I call these. Just... I, you know, I, I respect Chad. Chad, uh, I was kind of upset to see Chad lose lose that match. You know, because I was after Chad was. If Chad would have won that fight, I was gonna fucking challenge Chad. I was gonna fucking post it all over. I was gonna fucking blow it up, baby. Dennis. You just did, bro. <laughs> you did it on the KOTL podcast, bro. Just, that <laughs> happened. Like, that damn happened. it, man. Lost that guy. <laughs> yeah, 
Come on. It was not a technique. It was a technical because Chaz, you know, clearly stronger, but it was. I mean, I don't know if he's stronger, but the guy, and I can't think. uh, Is it this guy, Ensemane Yang? Yes. Yes, and he's just more technical than Chad, and that's that's why. Like, it kind of a, I kind of whatever. I'll let it go after that, you know. Yeah, well, it lose a little steam if it was right afterwards. Um, after he lost his match, if you call him out, it's going to be, yeah, it wouldn't go off the same. But now well, time I has passed. A lot of respect for Chad, dude. Chad is, you know, I mean, Chad offered to help me in with coaching and and uh, all kind of stuff. And, I, you know. I, I Look at I, I look. He, did say, he did say he could beat me in the gi. And I was like, you know what? I'll put my white belt on my three stripes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't like gi, but. Um, I don't I, either, but I'll put it on. Yeah, and I'll wrestle you if you want to. <laughs> I would, I would, uh, dude, I would absolutely. Do you guys live even at all close to each other? Or no, no, he lives in California. Oh, yeah, they'd have to do like you know some test plastic practice maybe at Worlds and then maybe set up a uh, actual battle after that. Dude, listen, <laughs> listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. If you guys are together in at the Worlds, like if it's Belarus, because he was in he was in Belarus with with uh, Inda last time we were in Belarus. Yeah, Mercinda. Yeah. So so um, if you guys ever end up in the same worlds at the same time at some point for whatever reason, and I'm a jujitsu guy too, I would love to film that. We, we I'll I'll find us a jujitsu gym, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll get us Wi Fi. Go I'll tell I'll tell the jujitsu guys uh, give me some goddamn Wi Fi. This is going live on King of the Lifts. <laughs> I'll commentate it. I'll commentate it. I'll commentate. I'll make it. We'll make it happen. But um, but anyways, um, Arian, do we got some overrated, underrated game? Dennis, we play a game of overrated, underrated at the end of a podcast. Uh, maybe you could set it up there, Arian. Yeah, we can throw one one in there. Uh, I kind of had one in mind when Joey was here since then we would have had two big time squatters. But yeah, real quick for Dennis and everyone listening as well throw out a topic and we'll each go around and say whether we think that thing is overrated or underrated and explain why. So the one I will want to throw out, but we can still do it. Dennis is whether you think walking out the weight on squat is overrated or underrated. And give me an answer right now. Okay. It was absolutely underrated. All right. Give your reasoning. Well, walking out the squat is part of the lift. I mean, that's like, you know, it's part of the lift. Uh, you know what? To, I would walking say, out is is a completely underrated. I would say too, for some reason, like I've tried. This is back in the day, a mono lift, and I freaking maybe I'm just not used to it. I need to walk now. I'm so used to walking it out. I need to walk it out to settle my feet proper the whole nine. I. I can't get under the weight with my feet where I want it and then pull the monolift and it feels normal. I need to walk at least not huge, but I need to walk a little to get my feet where I need them. But that's also because I'm like since 2008 been doing it like that. So, you know, Dennis, did you ever compete in a monolift? No, but let me, let me say this. When you squat anything over 900 pounds, you have to, I mean, it is fucking hard to walk out. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> or so if you're a geared lifter, this is another thing. If you're a geared lifter, um, all the geared lifters could fucking vouch for this. It's 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 fucking hard to walk shit out. Blaine Sumner, uh, Joe Capolino, all these fucking guys that lift in gear. Um, it, it's like 
it's let them answer that question for you, but it's fucking hard. It's hard to yeah. walk anything over 900 pounds out. I do, yeah, for knee sure. wraps. I've walked 953 out in knee wraps and squatted it. And you see guys that are squatting. You saw, you know, look at the current open uh, when um, uh, JP Price walked a thousand pounds out. It fucking about killed him. <laughs> you know, it's like it's hard. It's much harder to walk the weight out. Yeah, I, and I and I give uh, total respect to Brandon fucking Allen when he went to Australia to compete, and he said, "America, we walk our fucking squats out." It's like, <laughs> is that what he said? Thank you. <laughs> In America, we walk. I got yeah. I think th- something to that effect, but yeah, I was that's like, hilarious, badass, dude. That's something Brendan would say. <laughs> no shit. Well, you're right then. It is, and you're right too in terms of relativity. It's, it's part of the lift. It's part of the you know. It's fucking part of the lift, and and when when you don't, it's it's bullshit. It's, it's part of the challenge. You're, you're taking out a piece of that challenge, a, a variable yeah. to make it easier. And uh, you're sorry. right too. Sorry, go ahead, Aaron. Now I was gonna say, so are you agreeing with them, Ryan? You're going underrated. No, I do think it's underrated. Yeah. I look the way he described, look, when I was saying to like, uh, I'm used to walking it up, but it's true. Like 95% of the world of lifters probably fall in my category where it's like, okay, you're used to walking it out. Mm-hmm. I get it. But if you actually, and th- like Dennis's experience in life with weightlifting is totally unrelatable to the rest of the world. Cause no one's doing that hundred pounds. But it, when you hear Dennis explain, I get it. You guys aren't experiencing what I've experienced, but if you actually, try walking out 900 or when you see the big boys have to do that 900 plus is 900 like, plus it's a different fucking animal dude it's yeah now you're respected you a lot more yeah. and you'll respect you know makes you respectful like fucking you look like some of these thousand pound squats that's actually you're, you're right you're right if you i you know what i we needed this was a good overrated underrated to have that De- and you picked the right one to have dennis on because anyone else wouldn't have been able to speak to what 900 was and the difference between walking and not walking. What do you think though, Aaron? Cause we really propped you up and now you're going to feel like an asshole. If you're, <laughs> it, it, it's funny. I, we, we usually go like, you know, around for several minutes on this topic and I toss it out to Dennis and, you know, he's just like underrated because it's part of the lift, like straight to the point. <laughs> and, and I think it's interesting discussion because my initial thought was actually overrated. And cause I think that is it really part of the lift? Because like, if, if you think about like on deadlift, you just go and you pull, you're like, you know, you're testing your leg and your back strength on bench press. They bring out the bar to you. You just, you know, you bench it up. You're testing out your pressing muscles. So for the squat, why do we have to walk it out? Really? The reason why we have to walk it out is because it's arbitrary. Like that's how the rock, the, the racks were just designed back in the day. They, they didn't have modelists forever. They just like, you know, put up a couple of uh, uprights and they put the weight on it and you have to walk it out. Or even before then the weight was on the ground. You had to like, you know, do the Steinborn lift or whatever it's called where you have to bring it off the ground and put it on your what? back and stuff. Um, so it's arbitrary that it just happened to be that we have to walk out our squats. And sometimes when you stick to a rule, you kind of just stay with it. Um, and so I, I think it's, it's cool that you can walk out 900 plus and like, you know, Blaine almost died with that world record at the arm or anything like that. And it's, it's present, but I wonder like, if we're testing the squat and we're testing leg strength, if these guys didn't have to walk it out, how much more weight could they push? How much more could they push their records and their totals? And that'd be impressive to me too. If, if, if Blaine could do even more. And it yeah, also, it, sorry, go ahead. Dennis. Go ahead Ryan, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, 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 I was just going to say also the, the squat starts command after you walk it out and ends when you rack it. So I know what you mean where it actually isn't part officially part of the lift. Um, to your point. What were you going to say, Dennis? 
Oh, I just, you know, I mean, the athleticism to walk it out, you know, that's a big thing. <clears throat> that's a big, that's a big deal is, you know, I mean, like I asked, uh, oh, what's his name? God damn it. Draw a blank now. Ask anybody, dude. Like, just ask fucking Brandon Allen, <laughs> Joe Capolino, or, or Blaine Sumner. You know, these guys that fucking, these, these guys that walk out of, you know, 900 plus pounds. I mean, they're, they're, it's a fucking hard thing to do. You got to have athleticism to do it. And, and not only that, if, if I'm going to be honest, um, I get what you're saying, and I'm glad you gave your point, Aaron, because it's good to have, like, otherwise it's not a conversation. It would have been over right there. But, um, uh, and you made good, you guys both make good fucking points. But um, as a viewer at the World Championships, if we had, like, like some of it, it for viewing, and it's just fucking weightlifting. So it's literally up, down. And you, so when I see Ray or anybody for that matter, like, Ray. Oh, yeah. I forgot Ray. <laughs> um, there you go, Jezza Ray, or like, uh, or even, even like, like Ray's the most extreme and Jezza's most extreme, but even like, like, um, if you see an 83 with 700 more on their back, watching them walk back with it and seeing this, like the stumbling and whatever, because the lift itself doesn't take a whole lot in powerlifting because the lifts themselves aren't look it's fucking powerlifting. if we size down more and more as a viewer so literally the person's not even lift it's just the monolith swings and they go up down as a viewer i could tell you right now it is far more entertaining to see somebody walk back with that weight on their back and seeing sometimes too watching somebody get a little bit of a shaky walkout that's part of the commentary i'll be like oh that looks shaky like you know it's part of the you know to I be mean? part of the preview and there's been a couple times where um it's a shaky walkout and i'm like oh that's a shaky walkout and the person doesn't hit it i'm like yeah that looked kind of rattling and then it also sets up the dialogue and storyline when it's a shaky walkout and you're like oh that looks shaky and they fucking nail it and you're like oh wow so um like honestly if they took that out it like viewership wise it wouldn't be the same like we already are working with a fuckload it's an up down motion so you're you're taking out half of the story i you know i, I like i really wouldn't want it going the, um, the, the person i think of is uh that guy's like here from the non-tested side where he would unrack and walk out he'd be like shaking and stumbling and everything like that and then he he would squat like you know a thousand pounds or whatever it was, no problem. But yeah. it looked like it would look like he was about to die walking it out. But it'd be interesting. Uh, you should tag these people in this clip when you post on Instagram to see whether they'd rather see like a true test of static strength, like hey, you just get the weight handed out to you and just squat as much as you can, or whether they like that athleticism of being able to unrack, get your balance, and everything like that, be able to walk it out, get in the position you want, and then do the actual squat. Aaron, I think it, I think it's just part of the lift, dude. Like, I mean, gear, no gear, roids, no roids. It's just part of the lift. It's like, you just have to be able to walk it out. It, it, it'd be like taking part of, um, you know, you go to Olympic weightlifting. It'd be like taking the part of the lift out of the equation, like the snatch part or the, or the the clean part, you know what I mean? Like it, like, yeah, they'd be able to fucking jerk a lot more. Yeah. Than, yeah. 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 That's, you know, that's... it's like walkout is part of the lift and, and people should perfect that and preserve and preserve that part of the, the fucking history of, you know, it's just, 
part of the part of powerlifting. It's just you know we should preserve that. And then and the model it just pisses me off that these guys like you know you squat a hundred pounds more in a fucking model lift and you can't walking it out. I mean like look at Lilybridge. I I just as much as respect as I have for Eric fucking Lilybridge, he's never walked out of squat. He's never done a USPA meet. He's never done that shit. And it's like I just there's a certain level of like dude, you've never done this. I like, I can't call you the best, of, the best it's ever been. You know, it's like, like Milenichev, I can call Milenichev, the, you know, one of the best it's ever been because he, he was always, he always walked the squats out. Do you, you think know? that would be a, a, a sticking point for goat talk and divisions? Like, is that, is that how strongly you feel where it's like, look at, if you don't walk out your squats, I think that takes you off the list. Well, I think, I, I think, there's a, several things that talk about goat, you know, talking about goat talk. Uh, drugs is one of them, and walking a squat out is another one. <laughs> you know, what if, um, what if it's like, what if you're goat talk though? If it's just like guys in the untested against guys in the untested, so they have their own goat category. But let's just say that. So we take that equation out. But let's say, we, yeah, you wouldn't put someone on there if you haven't seen them walk out squats on the top end. You'd be like, "No, nah, man, I don't think you can." I can't. I can't give them goat status. You know what I mean? I mean, I just, you know, I, I think right now, uh, Milenichev in the untested world is probably sticks out in my mind as being the all-time best because he's he's been in the IPF, he's walked out of squats, he's been the top of the. I mean, he's just been the top of the world, and I all that. I can't say that about Eric Lillibridge because he's never walked out of squad. He's never, what I mean, you know, he's just he's never well, he's never beat Milenichev in a in a meet. And I'd like to say he was, you know, but yeah, but it is it is interesting. Like honestly, I was saying, um, like I was saying, in terms of viewership, a the monolith is big and clunky. So when you're watching the IPF worlds, there's something about not having the monolift in the way for the crowd, uh, for, for the filming in terms of the stream and, um, you know, anybody watching there, um, yeah. it's right in the way. And then B that walkout, if it's fucking shaky and we're like, Oh shit. And then it's scary and it's all part of it. And then they get the down command and then we're all like, I don't know if he's going to get it. <laughs> and you still hammer it is part of it. You take yeah. that out. It, t- it takes away part of the, st- it takes away part of the, the, the joy of watching it, of like watching, like, is that, or if the walkout's smooth and you're like, oh, he's going to nail this. You know, like, <laughs> you know, that, like it's, it's like a, I don't know, man. It's not, it doesn't seem like a lot, but we're talking yeah. about it. Yeah, so well, it's like Kelly Branton, when Kelly Branton, you know, when he fucking walked out, he was always shaky as fuck. Yeah. It was always exciting to watch. And yeah. Damn, it sucks that he fucking popped. <laughs> I love you're, that dude. You're telling wise, like I love that dude. You know, yeah. but it's like, but watching yeah. him, watching him squat, you know, he fucking was shaky. He was. Yeah. <laughs> he was, no, he was it, it is part of it. It is a uh, that shakiness, and and yeah, I, I hate he popped too. He's Canadian, so he was our our boy. But um, yeah, man, watching someone walk it out is actually half the joy. It's like a mini, especially when it comes to the big. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you take that away, there was a lot of viewing pleasure gone. And that's literally half of it. And then, you know, re-racking afterwards and whatnot. Um, you, know what I'd like, you know what I'd like to see? I, I'm kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but I would like to see Daniel Bell go against uh, Brandon Allen. Um, because 
I think Brandon Allen, he's willing to walk a squad out, and Daniel Bell's a little bit apprehensive. And it sucks that Brandon got fucking injured with his motorcycle accident and stuff, but I'd like to, I'd love to see that fucking show down. Well, you Those know, guys and walked out in a USPA, uh, uh, actually IPL Worlds, where they had to fucking go through the fucking the rigmarole of going through the world, you know, going through this and that to get to IPL Worlds. But I'd love to see that show down. Uh, you know what, um, Jesus Oliveras, uh, the junior. Um, super heavyweight in the USAPL who's like just murdering her. He's 21. He might be 22 yeah. now, but he's 21 when he hit like that crazy total. Um, yeah, he, he's, yeah. he said at one point he would like to go toe to toe with Dan Bell and try to get his records. And um, Dan Bell's like, well, you better hurry up, son, because I'm a good 10 <laughs> years older than you. And I, <laughs> you know, I'm not sticking around that long. Dan Bell was on the podcast actually. And he said, um, cause he's untested and he's open about it, obviously. And he said, um, I, yeah, I don't want to do this for too long when you're in the untested doing everything we have to do. Um, I don't want to do this for, you know, forever. Like I, I, uh, so I would like to put the conclusion in the next little while. So, and you know, he's going to all the big money, all the big competitions in the untested. So, but then that, um, so Jesus is like, I think I want to go at Dan Bell. And Dan's like, I mean, you can, if you like to, sir, I'm, I'm in all the untested meets, but then it becomes, we're, we're doubling back to the conversation we just had where it's like, fuck, you, you're giving up a lot. Right. Yeah. Jesus needs to go just Ray, dude. Like quit. And I'm just going to be honest. Don't be a pussy and go against Ray. Like that's where you belong. <laughs> that, that, that would have been good when, when Joey's on here too. Cause like, if Joey and Jesus like truly believe they can beat Ray at nationals, then, then you're set. You, you beat Ray, you, you beat the, yeah. the champ, you get your SPD sponsorship, you get, start getting things covered. You go to worlds, you become a world champion. You know, they're going to give you money for winning worlds and everything like that. You get to go to Sheffield. You're going to get that yes. part, part of that 300 and 300,000 or 350,000 us prize money split everything. Um, so the key point is, you know, going to nationals and beating Ray, just like you think you can. And then from there, yeah. everything else opens up. That's, I mean, that's, Dude, you couldn't have said it better, dude. Like, that's exactly what I think fucking Jesus going against Dan Bell is like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, not even the same. I don't know. Like, go against Ray, dude. Like, beat Ray. He, he doesn't, you know? he has unfinished business in the US, in the USAPL, let alone IPF. Like, I agree. He doesn't have any unfinished business. He has business to fucking do. Yeah. Ray <laughs> fucking man. Like, don't, you know, it's like Ray Williams is a, is a fucking bad motherfucker, dude. Like yeah. you're not, I mean, it's not, it's not going to be a walk in the park to beat Ray Williams. No, no, no. Dan sure. Bell had, like Dan, the matchup I just talked about with Dan Bale and Brandon Allen, that's the match that needs to happen. I hope to God that Brandon Allen can get healthy because I'd love to see that matchup, but um, it, with a walked out squad, I want fucking Dan Bell to, to, to walk on Brandon Allen's turf, but I want to see Hayes Oliveros walk on Ray Williams' turf. You know, what, what do you think happens with that showdown? If you were to do a prediction between um, Jesus and Ray, if they clash at U.S. Raw Nationals, which I think they're going to, um, it, with an on Ray, if Ray is on, it's going to be Ray, dude. But you know, uh, I think I think Jesus can out deadlift Ray a little bit. I think he can out bench Ray a little bit, but uh, 
Ray's got that monster squat. So if if Ray's squat is where it normally is, he's he's got his work cut out for him. You know, I mean, yeah. it's and and Ray's got his work cut out for him too. You know, he can't come in with the lackluster performance like he has at when he went to Sweden and when he went to uh, nationals and uh, last you know last nationals. He's got to fucking come on, mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah, yeah. on switch on like he did against Blaine. I mean, he's just got to, he's got to, he's got to perform, you know? Um, yeah. I think that uh, um, if, if Ray squats 1,030, bench is 545, and that looks like 854, Ace has got to fucking find something, you know, to beat him. And, and you know, who knows? Yeah. That's hey. good. You, you, never, you never know once that pressure starts building on you because yeah who who knows like if if top ray form comes or like yeah ray from sweden and nationals but um ray and and taylor atwood have the most raw national championships they both have six each and so you're trying to go with zero championships against the guy who has six championships and Bingo, Im- imagine if he puts up a big squat imagine the pressure on you now like oh crap his squat is on and now, like, you know, we bench about the same, we delve about the same. And so then you might screw up just because of, like, that pressure. Like, I'm going against the best ever, and he, he yeah. squats back on point. And I say that, and I say, don't, you know, qu- quit fucking looking at Daniel Bell, because <laughs> that's not your competition, dude. Like, you're, you know, you have not won nationals. And I think, I think Jesus has the, uh, he has the natural talent to maybe, push ray and maybe even beat ray you know it's 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 not inconceivable (laughs) yeah either guys like they're neck and neck like jesus is at 21 it's like we've never seen anyone at 21 do this that's fact and um so his ceiling god knows so it's it's uh it's exciting i mean um absolutely yeah he, he needs to see this through because i tell you what as much as He's probably because Ray hasn't been competing and, and Dan has. And so he's probably seeing what Dan's doing and you get excited. It's the same thing where you're like, oh, fuck, is that a matchup people want to see? But it's like, um, and it, so it's been a while since Ray was Ray because like last Worlds was two years ago now. We're 2021. And then Ray bombed at that world. So previous to that, it's been a while. Hey, Zeus, who's a young guy, was a teenager when Ray was Ray. So he he doesn't feel, he doesn't necessarily know the significance of, trust me, when you're done your powerlifting career and you look back, if you never faced Ray and beat Ray, it will be a huge thing that you'll, you'll have missed out on the opportunity. And you'll be like, fuck me. When everyone looks back at the all-time greats, Ray is going to be on that Mount Rushmore. And if I miss that opportunity, if I miss that opportunity, you won't be able to live with yourself. It's like boxing Muhammad Ali's era and never having boxed Ali later on. You'll be like, because you wanted to face Mike Tyson. It's like, listen, but you had Ray, you know, you got Ray. You better, you better love him while you got him. Cause you know, when your career's over win or lose, you'll be glad you shared the platform with him. And when people say, who'd you go against? You'd be like, well, do you know who Ray Williams is? (laughs) Yeah, dude. I mean, you know, I have a ton of respect for Dan Bell. I, I fucking love, I love watching Dan Bell, you know, fucking listen to him talk and he's hilarious too. <laughs> he was on the podcast too. Oh yeah, dude. And he's, he's a great cool dude. Yeah, he's, he's also, uh, yeah, he's kind of like you, man. He's got like a good sense of humor. Um, like he was trolling John Hack and like uh, he iced him. I didn't know what icing means, but apparently 
you have to chug a, I don't know. It's a younger thing, man. Smirnoff ice. Smirnoff ice. Um, dog, I'm 40 as well. I don't know what the fuck's going on, Dennis. But, I um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, buddy. Just, beer I, I don't, dude. I don't know what these kids are doing. But um, but yeah, he's a good guy too. He's he's talented. He's good on social media. He's he's a funny guy. He's good on the podcast. Humble. But uh, but yeah, it's not his sandbox. Dan's got Dan's got his thing, and and Jesus has his. I you know what I I, I was when Dan totaled 2600 or whatever 2609 or whatever it was. I was like, okay, so now that's getting into the to the range where maybe he can like equal Ray Williams. You know what I mean? I never thought Milanichev was on Milan, Ray Williams' uh, on his level. I never thought that. And I I've and I've posted that on social media back a couple of years ago when I was a little more vocal than I am now. <laughs> dude you've been pretty vocal this podcast though let me tell you yeah, something. I, know, but like, I, don't, I, I'm, I try not to be you know i try to fucking stay silent. whatever he's drinking is working yeah exactly what? whatever you're drinking is working i don't know what was yeah. in the glass what's in yeah, the mason like, jar a boy but anyway yeah so dan bell was like okay this dan is fucking talented dude like he's 100 oh yeah you know and, and I heard, uh, I you know, I listened to, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Joe Capolino's podcast. I listened to his, and in, in, and uh, uh, he's got a pretty good podcast. And um, and Dan Bell was just recently on there, but you know, it, um, Dan is, it, you know, I never thought Milenichev was on on Ray's level, but I think maybe Dan, you know. I don't think he's on Ray's level yet, but I think he's getting close. You know, even though he's tolling more, and it's in, and it's in, you know, he's total more, but it's not, he's, he's on drugs and shit like that. And it's like, I want to see him total 2,600 sleeves and maybe 2,650 in wraps or, or more before I think, okay, yeah, he would fucking, he would give Ray a run for his money in real life. Yeah, he, he's. That makes sense. He, he is. Yeah. Because, um, essentially what you're saying is, um, if he's on PEDs, you want to see a bit of a gap between the two to make yes. to compensate for the PEDs. It's difficult to, it's difficult to compare. So we're doing it for fun. Cause this is what you do in sports. So if you're going to compare, you would assume the PEDs give you a gap. So you want to see a bit of a gap more than not just edged out or whatever. You want to see a decent gap to, to accommodate yeah. the PEDs. But, um, uh, what I do like about what Dan's doing is a, he's doing it in and out of wraps in the untested, you know, some guys choose a lane. He's like, I'll take on all comers in and out of wraps. He shows up to, in terms of events, he'll show up to every event. Like he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll show up to every event I can. Like I'm not, I'm not ducking anybody. And if you want it to, you can. So he's doing everything right. And he can't force people to show up to these meets. He's showing up to the big meets in and out of wraps, whatever the heck he hold, he held the records on both. And, um, and he'll go and yeah, you ask him to go on a podcast. He'll come on the podcast. He's a nice guy. Like he's, he'll push, um, you know, he'll even call guys out in his, in the untested and, and be like, whatever, like he'll, he'll play the game. He'll, he'll, uh, he'll accommodate. So he's good. He's, uh, he's good for the sport too. I like the guy. Um, yeah, I mean, Hack, and I, I, I use John hack as like a, it's kind of like a gauge, like, okay, if, if all these guys from the IPF, the top guys from the IPF were to come over and start shooting shit up their ass, and you know what I mean? Like, 
and compete in these non-tested meets, like, okay, you know, hacks here, you know, imagine Russell or he taking, taking these drugs or Ray Williams taking these drugs. <laughs> oh, wow. Taking these drugs. You know, like what, what, what would these fucking guys total, you know? Put Ray in some knee wraps too. But, yeah, but I don't, I think Ray has like a little bit of a middle, like he, he fucking hates knee wraps. <laughs> I think he's told me that. I think Ray, it's like a middle thing with him, but putting, put Ray in steroids and knee, and knee sleeves. And I, I think Ray could probably fucking total 2,600. I've always thought that. And I thought I think I could total over twenty four hundred with, with fucking roids and knee wrap, knee sleeves. He he wouldn't have to worry about a squat depth either, and and with a deadlift bar, maybe his deadlift would go up a little bit. Deadlift oh, bar, sure. I think. Well, I mean, even if he had, you know, I mean, if if Ray if Ray is on drugs and and you know, and he had to, I don't know. I mean, it you know he squats like he normally does. You know, he struggles with depth a little bit, and fair. You know, and and I, I I think Ray on drugs is capable of twenty six hundred in sleeves. I, I really do. That this is all. <laughs> who would have thought that our podcast would end up? Look at if I think we put Ray on drugs. <laughs> hey, listen. nobody ever talks about this. It's, it's like it's weird. It's like nobody ever talks about it. Science experiment. It is a science experiment. Also, we put Dennis on drugs. Put him in knee wraps. And also put a fucking gi on him and have him, cho- and have him choking out that guy who, you know, have, uh, I want to let him loose on these guys in jujitsu. Imagine it would be like, have you, seen, have you seen the Revenant when the bear mauled Leo? That's what's going to happen to some guy in jujitsu. If we put Dennis on, on gear and threw him in jujitsu, it'd be like Leonardo DiCaprio getting mauled by the bear in the Revenant. <laughs> Fucking oh yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, um, listen, fellas, this is how long we've been. Jesus, um, are we getting almost close three to th- hours? Yeah, just a quick three hours here. I'm gonna smash some goddamn food. Dennis, much appreciated, kind sir, for coming on here. Um, this has been, dude, this has been this has been good, man. We gotta have you on again. It's been a minute. I feel like it's, I don't know, is this your third or fourth time on? Uh, third, I think. At least third. We got to do it again, sir. Obviously, you're going to U.S. Raw Nationals, and um, and the plan is win Raw Nationals and likely going to Worlds. Is that the plan? Well, yeah. If I, if I, yeah, I'm going to Belarus if I win Nationals. Yeah. And then push it all the way to Sheffield, right, sir? Well, I sounds like that's not happening, but yeah. Yeah, if it if if it does happen, and um, you don't you don't do coaching, do you? No, so I coach one guy, um, and I don't, I don't, he doesn't pay me. Uh, my buddy, uh, I used to work with him. He died of a heart attack, so I coach his son. I've been coaching his son since like he was nine, nine or eight or nine years old. So, oh wow, um, yeah, uh, but he actually won state. Uh, he uh, he won state today. No and, uh, shit, dude. What's his name? <laughs> Shout him out. Uh, uh, the Gage Smith is his oh name, but he won state, uh, 242. Oh, he's big. He's how big? How old is he? He is 17. He's a junior. He's a big 17 year old. Dude. Yeah, he's 242. He's a like, so he plays for Owasso. Uh, Owasso is a 6A school, which is the biggest 
you know, Aaron, you probably know, you know, uh, the football here because you lived here for a while. But anyway, he 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 plays for Owasso, and and uh, they're the biggest, they're one of the biggest cities in the in the state of Oklahoma. And uh, he's, um, hopefully, he gets a fucking scholarship to OSU or Texas. He wants to go to Texas Tech. But oh my uh, god, dude! So he's legit if he's talking those kind of. Yeah, stuff. he's a he's a he's a bad dude, man. Like in it and. Uh, his dad, you know, I worked with his dad for a long time, for several years. Uh, his dad's a designer and I was an engineer and uh, um, I've known Gage since he was like eight years old. <laughs> Dude, of all people, Gage could have as a mentor for powerlifting. He's got Dennis goddamn Cornelius. <laughs> that's, that's, the, the kid stumbled across some gold right there. I mean, not many people. And if he's a big kid, which he is at 17, he's that size. So by the time he's in his early twenties, like he would need another big guy to shift weights with. And you just yeah. so happen because you're 40. Um, like you're, you're, how old was his dad? You're old enough to I, be his dad. Age. Right. He's the same age I am. Yeah. He, so, he died of a heart attack um, in 2019, I believe. And, uh, yeah, we worked together for fucking, well, I mean, shit, we worked together for five or six years. Uh, but I've known, but we worked together for four or five years and then we've known each other for 10 years mm. and, and, uh, he died in 2019. And, uh, um, as soon as that happened, so Bruce was, you know, coaching his son, I was kind of helping a little bit. And then when Bruce, passed away gage came to me it's like dude i you know it, it you know when you're a kid you know you you fall in the next the next nearest thing and for and sure dennis it's, not it's put a weird deal dude but like you know i, I can't see my life without this kid you know <laughs> not and, to put uh, too much pressure on you dude but whether you it's in life um they say kids have like you, you have like three to four father figures throughout your life. One of them is your dad. And then the next one is your next is, is a coach. And, um, and this, and then later on in life and, and when you start working, it could be a mentor or a manager or whatever, but you are his dad's age. You knew his dad and now you're powerlifting. And when his dad passes away and then he turns and there's you, you can't underestimate like how much when you're a kid, there's a void man. And yeah, there is. Gage, dude, it's weird because like Owasso, the the high school he he goes to right now, they don't even have a powerlifting program. And Gage like talked to his, the the athletic director and then his coach and like like look, dude, like I want to stop doing whatever you're having me do, and I want Dennis to fucking coach me, which I don't know why I'm not a coach. <laughs> well, but, well, I know why. <laughs> I but, I'm, but I'm like. But I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm coaching this kid. And I'm like, well, fucking tell him to stop doing this or that or whatever. You know, I'm like, that's yeah. fucking dumb, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Do what I'm telling you to do. And and he, he was actually able to convince him of that. And now he, you know, he goes to state today and wins by five pounds and uh, against the and and with minimal training with five, with one month of training and. Uh, um, I was actually supposed to call him, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, he, he, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't know where I'm going with this, but anyway, he's, um, 
that that's the only person I coach. The only person I have time for, really, because I, I I work a normal full time job. But um, and 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 he doesn't pay me. I, I do it completely for free. Yeah. And uh, um, and I call upon you, you know a lot of stuff I learned from reactive training systems and and uh, um, and, and and Mike T and and so I got to give him a little bit of a shout out. But I I learned a lot of lot from Mike T and and I, I try to train gauge and and I don't charge gauge for anything you know I just like look dude you you know you're I know you you're you're pretty much family to me and I and I'm I've been coaching teaching from jujitsu too huh teaching some jujitsu too yeah well he's actually it's kind of funny because he's actually taking some jits but no but shit biggest, yeah but his biggest thing is like he wants to go to college and play play for Texas he wants to play for Texas Tech because that's who his dad really loved. And and uh, I'm like, look, dude, if you don't go to Texas Tech, OSU's better. But uh, whatever, you know. But I'm hoping he, you know, he makes that. But he just won state today in his weight class. I think he he might have actually had the biggest total overall of, in, the, in the whole state of Oklahoma. So, yeah. But do you do you have kids? Yeah, I have two daughters. No shit. Oh well, fuck, man. This is almost like you. You got yourself. Yeah, my, so my oldest daughter. Let me let me let me brag a little bit here. Okay, okay. <laughs> so my oldest daughter is uh, she's taking cross country and uh, she's ten. So she just had her first track meet today, and she's ten seconds behind the fastest girl in the entire state of Oklahoma uh, in the miles. She won. She took fourth. Okay, and this is her first track meet. Stick fourth behind the uh, uh, girl named Lucio Day. She's she's uh, number one. She's ranked number. One. I'm I'm pretty sure she's. I'm almost positive she's ranked number one in the state of Oklahoma uh, for distance runners. And Ava is ten seconds behind her. She's, so basically, Ava's ranked number four. Mm. So um, I told her it ain't good enough. <laughs> You're like, you're like, you're like, my, my adopted son just took state. So we need, you know, I'm a world champion. So we, he's like, I thought about puzzle line. Like, look, if you don't win first, you're last. That's right. you know? he's, like, he's like, you're not good enough. Now go away. I have a podcast to do. That's right. That's right. I'm going to talk to you after this podcast, but um, no shit, man. That's an actually, I'm glad we, that was a, I'm glad that uh, we asked you that. I wasn't anticipating this story in terms of, um, <laughs> dude, you have layers to you, Dennis. Um, but uh, anyways, listen, man, thank you for coming on the podcast. We definitely got to do this again. Um, hopefully I see you at Worlds and maybe it's going to be in Belarus. And the last time I saw you in Belarus, you won. So uh, man, maybe we'll do the same thing. And actually we had cocktails at the banquet afterwards. Yeah, I had a lot to drink that night. Yeah, lot. me too. Me too, like man. Fucking whole lot. <laughs> and, and be, and I thought Belarus was great, man. Dude, I, I love Belarus. Shit. I love Belarus. And Big Z was in the club. Do you remember? We, it was a club under yeah. the venue. In- I, I was eating breakfast. And I saw Big Z. And I was like, damn, that's a big bastard. Dude, Zajuna Savikas was in the club. And I remember I was nervous as fuck, but I wanted to talk to him. And I remember he was standing by uh, Ben, like SPD president, uh, Benjamin Banks. And I was like talking to some, I don't, you might've even been one of the people I was talking about. I was like, fuck me, I want to go talk. He was like a pretty girl almost. I was like, I want to go talk to him, but I, I don't know. And and the guys in the IPF media team were like, 
go fucking talk to him. He's like, ah, nah. And they're like, come on. <laughs> they, they go, come on, he's bored over there. He's not talking to anybody. Go talk to him. Every They go, everybody in this fucking room wants to talk to that guy, but they're too intimidated. He's like a pretty girl, right? And I'm like, nah. And they're like, go ahead. Go ask him. Say, say I seen you earlier. I don't remember him at the banquet. That's what's dude, funny he was at. He was at the back. Dude, I moved in. I, I was. You made so a I, move. I made a move. No, listen, listen. This is big, Harry. Don't get jealous on me now. Is so it big? I see him at the banquet, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go fucking talk to this guy. It's <laughs> um, so so. Um, like, I don't care who the fuck. If the prettiest girl in the world was in there, she, I'm looking at Zajunas. So I move in with to Zajunas. I'm like, hey man, uh, I seen you at the venue. Um, you know, what did you think? And just broke the ice, and we started talking. And then this little 80 year old guy name Ray on the media team. And I call him sugar Ray. And he's like 80 years old and 80 pounds soaking wet. And he's wearing a little fucking cute little bow tie. And he's, he's got, all the, <laughs> he's from another generation. So he's got all the stories in the world. Dennis Neri. Not like David Ricks. I was hanging out with David Ricks that whole night. Well, I know. And I seen you too. I remember you that night we talked, but, um, so this little the sugar Ray weasels between me and fucking Zajunas, who I finally got the courage to talk to. He turns to Zajunas and he goes, I want to tell you about the time I met Mick Jagger. And I'm like, well, there's that, you asshole. I can't compete with Mick Jagger. It took me 20 <laughs> minutes to get the courage to talk to this guy, and I'm gone. And literally, Zadrunas went and turned his, his massive shoulder to me, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm, I guess that's done. Thank you, Ray. And then, that day. What's that? He was skinny that day. Like he fucking lost a lot of weight. Well, skinny for him, but uh, yeah, yeah, he was yeah skinny for him. And then when we went back, the media team guys like Ray, what are you doing? You know that's his fucking boyfriend. Blah blah blah. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, is that Ray the the captain? Uh, the captain. I believe I believe he has a little hat. And yes, it says, yes, it is. Yes, it is. That, that's why he's the captain. You're like the IPF media peasant. Yeah, fuck, man. <laughs> Afterwards, I'm like, God damn it. He goes, well, who was that big guy? I'm like, who the fuck, man? I look up to that guy. You couldn't have gave a shit less. You came Let in with Mick Jagger. Let me interrupt you. So is Gino, is he not going to world this year? No, he's going to, um, like, he could do whatever meets, but he's not going to go to IPF meets. Man, he's not going to go to words. Yeah, he. I man, I'm I'm a Canadian. I'm well, actually no. He does Canadian meets too, though. He did Canadian nationals. He does. Man, Gino works like like not now with COVID, but his schedule. He does every single weekend constantly. Like he does state. He does like all over the place, man. Like he'll. He's. It's crazy how many fucking he. I remember one year when he's at Worlds. I'm like, how many weekends have you had off? And he's like. Pfft. I haven't had a weekend off in like three years, bro. There's 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 certain people like at Worlds that I, you know, that, that I would want to see. It's like Gino's one of them, and the Garys are the other. You know, it's like, yeah. it's just yeah. like, damn, it's not the same without those people. You know, it's like fucking weird. I don't. It know. is. It is. Uh, yeah. I mean, wait, was Gino in Sweden? I can't even remember now. He he it, he was there, but he wasn't announcing. What? It, Gino no. was at belarus whenever i went to belarus yeah you know and matt and Susie gary were there you know and, and uh god damn i have a you know i in fact matt and Susie are going to be my coaches at nationals but i don't know if they're gonna be at worlds and it's like i don't know what to expect without them there you know what i mean have they I, always been like how, have they have they always been your or for the longest time anyways matt and Susie? yeah 
Yeah, I mean they they were my they were my coaches. Well, you know they were my coaches for at, at uh, in Texas at, at uh, Clean Texas, and then at at Belarus. And and Matt, in fact, Matt and Susie both taught me. I almost dropped out of Belarus in 2017, and they talked me into it. And I was like, "Fuck, I can't thank them enough for that." <laughs> you know, oh, and, shit, hey, yeah, and, and yeah, it's like, God dang, you know, they're not. I don't know that they're really even, you know, associated with the USAPL anymore. Not necessarily associated. I think, I think Matt, I still talk to Matt. I text him every now and then. He has a role, Arian, you probably know. Doesn't, what does he do? Well, actually, it'll be Arian's the head coach now. Um, so, oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I forgot about that, dude. He like, is literally I, the head coach he, now. He's like, oh, shit, I'm stuck with Arian. Yeah, so that's the problem. <laughs> no, that's but the problem. you know what I mean, dude? Like, you, you develop a relationship with people. Yeah, for like, sure. Like, Matt and Susie and Gino are like three people. Like, damn, you know, it's like, I'm. Like I'm fucking getting old. They're not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not dead yet. But what is Matt still? Is am I speaking out of school? Matt and Susie are still involved, aren't they? Not or no? Yeah, Matt's still in charge of the USAPL coaching education. Right. They 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 were in the process. I don't know what the delay is, but they sold their gym in Maryland. They were in the process of moving to Bozeman, yeah. Montana. Um, but Matt never said anything about to to me whether he'd come to Worlds or not. But typically he goes to Worlds because of Ray and Dennis and Sam and Bryce. So, oh, so he might be there anyways because Matt, um, yeah, in Sweden he wasn't head coach and he was there for Sam, Ray. So he if he's there, he still goes. And I remember talking to him and I remember you saying he had him telling me he had a different role, but he's still involved. Like, fuck, it's Matt Gary, man. He he bleeds powerlifting and he's yeah, not doing any like, other fit. I'm, I'm hoping he's not like, you know, he's getting tired. I'm hoping he's not getting tired of it. I, you know, I don't talk to Matt much anymore. And, and, uh, but when I think about coming back to worlds, you know, I'm like, fuck, what? I want Matt and I want Susie in my fucking corner. I'm like, I want this and this and this. And I'm like, Matt and Susie are part of that fucking deal. I was he, like, he, and, and, you know and what I mean? It's just like part of It's like that middle thing for me. Can I also you know, say, guys? I mean, it's like, it's, I don't know. Let me say something, buddy. I also commentated both times you won world. So throw me in that mix. I want six pack Lapidat commentating my goddamn victory. Cause both times <laughs> you, 2016 and 17, I was there. Um, and I want yeah, Zunas and I want Zunas just Vikas at the fucking banquet. And I want <laughs> and start I, didn't, I never saw him. You That's know? a shame. You probably did, but you were drunk. I do want well, money. I, I want to fucking, I want Bonica at the, at the banquet though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was at the banquet there too. You know, I want to party with her again. <laughs> she's she, she she lost her uh her banquet ticket and I was like, whatever, it's an IPF banquet. We'll just go talk to the front or whatever like that. And they had a bouncer at the front and he would not let Bonica in and you know you could barely talk to him in English and and this and that. And we would like wave over Gaston and tell him Gaston, like, Hey, Bonica lost her ticket. She doesn't want to go all day back to her hotel room and look for it. But you know, USA paid up front. Like, can you let her in? It's like, let me talk to him. He's like trying to talk to the meat director and the bouncer. They were like telling Gaston too, no, she can't come in. Wow. I was like, I was like, this bouncer thinks this is like a serious gig. IPF well, banquet. Do not let anyone. Is this Belarus though? <laughs> Yeah, it was Bill. Gaston was yelling at them. He goes, I'm the IPF president. I'll sign a piece of paper that she paid. Like, you have to let her in. And the bouncer, like, just, like, not even talking, just, like, stoic, just stand there. And, like, the meat director had to, like, talk with the people who run the, the facility and talk with the bouncer and stuff like that. And, and Bonica was, like, so, like, like, 
didn't want to be involved. Like she was so like, you know, <laughs> here's the thing. Oh, now I just won't go. Like, don't worry about it. People about to like, you know, get all sad about it. And finally Gaston convinced him and got her in. Listen, at one, at a certain point though, Gaston would be like, all right, but for initially it's Bonique. And now you're insulting me. Like now I can't let this go. Now, now we gotta, we gotta argue. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember her having an issue there, but like, so I the only banquet I've been to is the one at 2017 Belarus, and that was fucking. I had a fucking. That was the best one. <laughs> oh dog! Hey, was that the I one when you had your shirt class. off, Arian? Yeah, and, and I don't remember Big Z there either. Maybe Ryan was talking to a pole or something, but I do remember Dennis. Uh, he, I got pictures, <laughs> buddy. I got and, pictures. And and I do remember we were trying to get take shots, and we told Matt Carey like, "Hey, Matt, come take shots with us." He's like, "No, no, I don't really drink. I don't do it." And He's like, okay, I'll take one with you guys. <laughs> we convinced him to take a shower with us. This is like a movie. And then flash forward two hours later, he's got his tie around his head, his shirt's <laughs> off, and he's like, I am a guy. Like it's <laughs> it's one of those movies that everything goes sideways. No, no, I'm not the guy who drinks. <laughs> it's like the hangover. It's like the movie The Hangover. You guys wake up and you're like, What the fuck happened last night? <laughs> Dude, I yeah, I, I we so like that fucking that night. I remember going back to hotel. I stayed in the hotel Belarus with you. I remember the fucking guy that got thrown out the window, which makes me realize, or makes me think, I'm like, I don't want to stay at that hotel anymore. <laughs> I want to stay at the one that Gary stayed at. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, um, yeah, we fucking left there and we went back to the, um, we went back to hotel Belarus, the lobby, and we all like drank even more. I was fucking three sheets of wind. I remember fucking Kelly Branton. Me, Kelly Branton, and Tony Cliff were fucking sitting in the cast. And I remember Tony Cliff threw up on Kelly Branton. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, that's a big barf, too. Like, if it was like a 66 kilo lifter, he'd be a lot, lot less barf, I'm assuming. Yeah, Tony was fucking wasted. I remember that. I was pretty fucking drunk myself, but I like, he barfed on Kelly. And Tony, what he didn't go to the banquet. He, he went somewhere else, and like he obviously got wasted somewhere else, and he came back to the. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. that was like fucking. That was a good time, man. That was, that was an that amazing was, time. That was great. I, I remember if you if if you hung out the lobby at all, Ryan, but I I remember like when you converted the money, like a bottle of vodka cost like seven dollars at the hotel lobby. I was like, hell yeah, I'll pay seven dollars and just buy one for the table, dude. It, Everything was fucking half price there. Like literally, <laughs> ruples. Ruples are the fucking currency, and everything was like half price. I remember getting steak. It was like literally like eight bucks, and it was like the same thing would be fucking double that in the U.S. Yeah, we we went to restaurants, and there was like a live band, but they were playing like the local music. But we were like drink. The thing is, I was working commentary like sixteen hour days, or whatever. Like you, we're gonna drink, drink. But we'd have a couple of drinks, and they were like like fucking the food was amazing local food cuisine i don't know what i was ordering it was one of those deals you sat down we're with like the ipf media team and like um like gaston uh whatever it was already ordered before we got there you don't i don't even know what the fuck i'd be ordering anyways but it was delicious man and they had like a live band drinks are flowing in it's like this is awesome man we were in like the street seems safe as shit and the malls were extremely western like the malls were total they had their knockoff subway and um you know like all the shopping and everything and look it looked it didn't it wasn't as weird until uh, there was a couple times when you see a tank 
roll down on the street and be like, oh yeah, that's the reminder you're in Belarus. But it, not like the government, yeah. <laughs> that happened. There was literally a tank every now and then. But they okay, you're right, yeah, oh God, you guys remember the fucking the goddamn cannons that went off at 10 o'clock at nine, like Thursday night, you remember yeah. that? Yeah. I, didn't hear I thought we were fucking, me. I thought terrorists were fucking happening. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I didn't, I didn't hear that, but people told me, but, um, no, it was fucking loud. But I felt, uh, like it was, it was like the streets were super safe and shit. All, like, obviously you got like, you know, army around and stuff. Yeah, like, you got tanks fucking protected. Yeah. So you're, you're pretty, I did the, the spotters. <laughs> I remember when I first got there, um the military was there and uh they were like helping set up and stuff and they're like whatever the next day they were they were like like they were there in street clothes i'm like i, I recognize dudes and they were like friendly dudes like you felt look at if those dudes are there you're like nothing's gonna happen right but um yeah i mean it was it was different but you there's honestly times when you'd forget you were in belarus at times because it was so modern walking the streets and there was like so much shopping. I know like for a long time it was communist and the iron curtain, the whole nine, it is totally gone. Now they are so like capitalistic now. Anyways, um, where we were, anyways, what is, why do people keep saying there's fucking war happening in Belarus right now? That's different. I don't yeah. even, I don't, I, uh, th- yeah, that's different. They have some kind of political uprising that they don't want. Like what, what's going on? Aaron, do you know? Yeah, basically they uh, held an election, but like their president, I guess, like, you know, rigged the election and and he's staying president for he's been president now for 20 something years. And so basically the civilians are like uprising against it. And then the government sending the military to like, you know, so basically where, where we were for the event, like in that street and everything like that in the city, and everything like that, they had like, you know, tons of protesters and fighting with the military and stuff like that. So that that's that's the main thing I would think that would maybe convince the ipf to switches if 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 this is still continuing for months and months and, and it's not safe to go there then they'll have to move it somewhere else i don't know okay well how violent is this getting uh, i mean i've seen some videos and stuff like that some of it's just like you know protests like you know whatever thousand people on the street two thousand people on the street but there also have been some videos of like you know military people like with batons and stuff and and uh tear gas and everything like that so it at least when it first happened it was pretty pretty violent I don't know if it's still happening. Though, is it? De- Dennis is like, I got my white belt. I'm good. <laughs> Listen, no, I'm man, good. <laughs> can I tell you something? Dennis is a goddamn white belt. Three stripes, asshole. Three stripes. Three fucking stripes. Who, who, who wants a who wants a fucking stripe? Like, my brother just passed me up in belt in fucking stripes. I'm like, that's bullshit. Because I whoop your ass. That's right. That's right. As soon as you're done powerlifting, you're going for that fourth stripe. And anyways. All right, fellas, I got to smash some goddamn food. I'm, I'm starving now. But um, Dennis, thank you for coming on, sir. Um, Thanks for having me, guys. We crushed, we crushed well over three hours now. Easy. Um, easy peasy lemon squeezy. So we will keep in touch, sir. I'll, I'll, be, I'll slide in your DMs here and there, and uh, let me know how you're doing. Okay, sir. Talk to you later, Arian. See ya. Thanks, guys. See ya, buddy.